Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Hello, everyone, from Daytona Beach, Florida. Well, there's been some rain showers here at the Daytona Speedway this morning. It has not dampened the spirits of what will undoubtedly be the largest crowd in the history of the track to attend a race here at Daytona. The greatest stock car race in the world, the Daytona 500, just minutes away here from a start. We hope this afternoon eight days of practice qualifying have provided total satisfaction for some of the Winston Cup drivers and crews and for others total frustration. Jackie Root, there were s some names that normally make about all the races that will not start today's Daytona 500. We'll talk about those a little bit later. For Buddy Baker, it has been a week of elation. I don't think I've ever seen Baker higher than he has been here all week. He is so happy. Already he's won over $56,000. He won the Bush Clash last Sunday here and he sits on the pole for for the Daytona 500. Barney, there seems to be a lot more emphasis upon this race, and I think probably it's the posting of over a half million dollars in purse money, which has motivated so many more cars to come so much more prepared than we've seen in years past here for the Daytona 500. They have dialed in the machines, and it was probably one of the most brutal runs to make it into this starting field. 41 cars strong today due to the FIA sanction of this race, but it was a, a real tough 125-mile qualifying jaunt for some drivers. As you said, that normally would be in the starting grid that are not today. The crowd continues to pour into the speedway. We'll update you a little bit on the weather. There were some rain showers here this morning. It was sporadic as it was yesterday off and on. Their safety vehicles are on the track at present, attempting to dry it as quickly as they can. The rain has stopped, stopped about 30, 40 minutes ago. The pre-race activity has continued here as the fans continue. There's just, I don't think there's an inch of space left in the infield today. Barney, the infield crowd is as solid as we've ever seen, and as you look down these massive grandstands that surround the area from where we broadcast, there aren't many seats left either, as the race fans once again have shown why motorsport is the most popular sport in America and in the world, as they have flocked out here despite threatening weather, and although it looks as if the ceiling has lowered somewhat, as we look out across the racetrack, it looks as if it's clearing as well, so I feel pretty certain we will get this race in today. Well, 41 of the nation's best drivers are ready to square off and do it for 500 miles this afternoon, and speeds will run anywhere from 190, possibly as high as 200 miles an hour. If we can stay under green this afternoon, this should be the fastest stock car race in the world today. This should be optimum racing weather as well, as it is not too hot in the cool temperatures, and although there may be some humidity hanging in the air, I would think, Barney, that we could see the speeds escalate a little higher than we had expected for the Daytona 500, providing that the track surface stays dry as toast, as you would say, and it looks as if we'll be able to do that as they have the GMC safety trucks and all the support personnel out there at the present time trying to dry off this new pavement. Let's take a look at the 41 car starting lineup for the 21st annual Daytona 500. 
In 41st position, Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia. Jackie, before we get into that lineup, I think we have our pit reporter, Joe Alloy, standing by with Darrell Waltrip. Darrell is standing here with us, and we've been talking to him about the fact of the weather this morning. And, Darrell, do you really feel that the rain is going to have any effect on the speeds today? Well, I don't really know yet. Uh, you know, the track really needed a good wash job after all the racing has been on, done on it this past week. Uh, it could possibly pick the speeds up a little bit on the early going, but, you know, we went to a different tire compound. It's plenty safe enough now, and it's hard. It's a uh, matter of fact, it's probably too hard for the racing surface. So with the, the track being washed down and the tires we got on, we could run pretty quick for a while. So Darrell Waltrip says it could be a quick run today. Now back to the tower. Well, I think that's the understatement of the year. It will be a quick run today indeed. At the lineup, in 41st position, driving car 25, Ronnie Thomas from Christiansburg, Virginia, the 1978 First National City Rookie of the Year. He'll be in the subtropic Chevrolet. 40th position, Lenny Pond from Chester, Virginia, in the Burger King Oldsmobile. Pond lucky to be in the field. He crashed the car the other day in one of the qualifying races. Crew did a tremendous job to get it ready and get him back in today. 39th position, Jim Vandiver from Huntersville, North Carolina, the O.L. Nixon Oldsmobile. Starting 38th will be car 19, Bill Dennis from Glen Island, Virginia, in the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet. 37th on the field will be Cuckoo Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet. 36th position, Blackie Wangering from Bloomington, Minnesota, the Wangering Racing Mercury. In 35th position will be D.K. Aldrich, and there's been a driver change there. Bobby Fisher qualified the car, but D.K. Aldrich, who hails from Charlotte, North Carolina, will start the Midwest Farm Lines Buick. 34th position is Butch Mock. He's from North Miami, Florida, in the Rahilly Buick. 33rd position, Ty Scott, the young driver from Penn Argyle, Pennsylvania, in the Rust Togs Buick. 32nd position, a driver who will bear watching here today. The rookie driver, Joe Milliken from Randomer, North Carolina, in the LG DeWitt Oldsmobile. That's the car that Benny Parsons campaigned for about the last three or four years. 31st spot on the field, Richard Childress, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the CRC chemical car, the Oldsmobile. Bobby Waywack will start outside of row 15 from Midland, North Carolina, in the Waywack Oldsmobile. The Bailey Excavating Oldsmobile for Sanford, North Carolina driver J.D. McDuffie. Car number 70 will start on the inside of that 15th row, driving the Kings Inn Buick from Portland, Oregon, and this driver has traveled the furthest to compete in the Daytona 500. Number 68, the Jim Testa Buick will be wheeled by Chuck Bound, former Winston West Racing champion. Starting 27th in the Fast Lane Limited Oldsmobile, hailing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it will be Gary Ballou. Ralph Jones of Upton, Kentucky, puts the Jones Ford to Reno into 26th position, while Dave Watson, one of the rookies it'll bear watching today from Milton, Wisconsin, put the Amsoil Chevrolet into 25th position. 24th on the grid is Frank Warren in the Warren Dodge from Harrisburg, North Carolina, while Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania in the Lasky Construction Oldsmobile Stable brings us Paul Fess, who will start 23rd on the grid. Starting... In 22nd position, from Bluff City, Tennessee, in the Speedway Auto Mart Chevrolet is John A. Utzman, while Grant Adcox has planked his Adcox Kirby Chevrolet into 21st on the grid. Starting in the 10th row on the outside is Neil Bonnet, one of the Alabama gang from Hueytown, Alabama, in the Jim Stacy Oldsmobile, while rookie Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, has put the Stratograph Buick number 44 into 19th position. Starting in 18th position will be Skip Manning of Bogalusa, Louisiana, in the Valvoline Oldsmobile. In 17th position on the, grill, on the grid will be Bruce Hill of Union City, Georgia, in the Ballard Racing Oldsmobile. 16th starter in car 47, Jeff Bodine of Bellingham, Massachusetts, the Race Hill Farms Oldsmobile. In 15th position, Buddy Arrington of Martinsville, Virginia, in the Reed Trailer Sales Dodge. Harry Gant, the rookie driver from Taylorsville, North Carolina, starts in 14th position in the J.W. Hunt Produce Oldsmobile. Richard Petty will start from the 13th 
position on the field from Ranama, North Carolina, his STP Oldsmobile. And Jackie, I feel strongly today that Richard Petty will make his presence in that STP Oldsmobile felt before the day is over. No question about it, Barney Hall. And the setting seems to be just so perfect for a run by Richard Petty in the STP Oldsmobile up to the front because it is just that type of, a, of an afternoon that we should expect here. A lot of cars running very fast, but Petty having qualified very strongly and very steadily all week. He has shown a lot of power, but a lot of steady power as well. Well, the Petties haven't been saying anything much, but the car is getting the job done, and that speaks for itself. 12th position, Dave Marcus from Wausau, Wisconsin, and the Shoney's Restaurant Caprice. Starting 11th is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, and the Trucksmore Mercury. In 10th position will be Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, and the Austerlin Racing Oldsmobile. You can't say enough about this young driver. He has run up front all week in both the Sportsman race and in the 125-mile qualifier the other day. He made the veterans sit up and take notice of his driving style. And yesterday, it just was such a disappointment. We'll fill you in more about that race on the Simonized World Racing scoreboard. Starting ninth on the field from Spartanburg, South Carolina, driver of the Purolator Mercury, the Silver Fox, David Pearson. Dick Brooks, our pitside commentator for the Sportsman 300 yesterday afternoon, will cinch up the seatbelts in the Bearfinder Oldsmobile this afternoon, the Porterville, California resident, starting in eighth position. Defending Daytona 500 champion, driving the Warren Hodgkin National Engineering Thunderbird from the Bud Moore Stable, will start in seventh position, the leader of the Alabama gang, Bobby Allison. Then A.J. Foyt will start on the outside of the third row, Barney Hall from Houston, Texas. The legendary Foyt has brought his Gilmore Oldsmobile down to the south here to compete against the Winston Cup regulars. He finished second in the 125-mile qualifying races to gather in the sixth position. Fifth spot on the grid belongs to Ellerby, North Carolina resident in the Griffin Marine Oldsmobile from the M.C. Anderson, David Ift stable. It's Benny Parsons, the 1975 winner of this prestigious Daytona 500. In fourth position is Darrell Walter for Franklin, Tennessee, the Gatorade Oldsmobile. And starting third on the field, Cale Yarborough, Timmonsville, South Carolina, the Bush Oldsmobile. Front row, Donnie Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, in the Hawaiian Tropic Olds. And on the pole, Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina, the Spectra Olds, with a record run of 196.049 miles an hour. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Craftsman in your hand up to stop me. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Field moving down the backstretch. They'll be going up into the banking in the east end of the speedway. The sun continues to shine in portions of the speedway. There are some clouds overhead, partially overcast, but for the most part, it is sunny weather here at the Daytona International Speedway right now. We're looking at the Pontiac safety car up in turn number four. It looks to be the lights are off, and if so, he will be diving on a pit road this time, and they will turn him loose under a yellow-green condition. 
So the Daytona 500. No, we see the lights coming on again, Jack, and it looks like they're going to stay out there for another lap. Barney, when you run it over 196 miles per hour, and a lot of drivers have predicted that in a 10 or a 12 car draft, we can see as much as 201 miles per hour in the draft for some of these lead cars. You have to make absolutely certain that the racetrack is as dry as a bone. That's what they're doing right now. They are counting these laps, however, as the race has officially started under a green caution situation. So these rate, so these laps will count. No positions will change. So Buddy Baker will officially lead the first lap in the 1979 rendition of the Daytona 500. And let's hope to see that possibly by the time we get down to the end of this 500-mile contest that we have as exciting a finish as we had in 1976. Who can forget that as they came screaming down the backstretch? David Pearson and Richard Petty going hammer and tong for the lead. David Pearson has the lead going into turn number three. As they hit the banking, they're three abreast with a lap car. Pearson moves in front of the STP Dodge. Petty comes back to the inside. They almost touch as they move down low in the banking. They're going to be side by side as they exit the bank and head for the finish line. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still moving. The car stops. 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line. Pearson is still running. Here's Petty trying to fire to come across the line. David Pearson moving down through as they come to the stripe. The winner is car number 21. Well, it doesn't seem that long ago that we saw that finish here at Daytona. And this afternoon could be just the same thing. Here they come in turn number four, the Pontiac pace car with the field in tow. The green is out along with the yellow as they are running under a green-yellow condition. The Daytona 500, the sun continues to shine, but I think the problem will be in one of the corners. There are still some clouds in that area. Let's check with Mike Joy for a track condition in turns one and two. The sun has been out in turns one and two. In fact, turn one is completely sunny right now. There's still scattered clouds moving overhead, and that's expected to continue for the afternoon. But turns one and two look pretty dry. The top groove up near the wall hasn't gotten too much sun, but otherwise, Barney, we look to be in pretty good shape here. Well, as the field swings back into the west banking of the speedway where turns one and two are located, pulling out of pit road, D.K. Ulrich and the Midwest Farm Lines Oldsmobile a moment ago, Another car was on pit road, and that was 19, the driver, Bill Dennis, from Glen Island, Virginia. So we've had a couple of pit stops under this caution. Let's go to Joe Alloy for a moment. Barney, our runners just made a check. Bill Dennis said the car was a little bit loose. He brought it in, made some adjustments on it to get better bike, took the car back out. So we've had our first official pit stop. Rem back. Remember yesterday, Barney Hall, the Winston Cup Grand National drivers were denied an opportunity to have one final practice session due to the weather, so many of these drivers are getting their first opportunity to feel out these cars since the Thursday qualifying efforts. And namely, Dick Brooks was very concerned prior to the start of the Daytona 500 because he had not sat in the car since it finished so well in that 125-mile qualifier when he gathered in third position. Here comes the Pontiac pace car diving onto pit road, feel bunches tightly. They are less than a quarter of a mile from the start-finish line. Chip Warren gives them the indication to hold it down. Green flag, and the field goes to green to the Daytona 500 on the 16th lap. As they jockey for spots down in turn number one, let's go to Mike Joy. Donnie Allison has a two-car lake lead on Buddy Baker. Cale Yarborough underneath Darrell Waltrip fight for the third spot. Benny Parsons is fifth behind Yarborough. Yarborough slips up in the high groove in third spot. Parsons follows through for fourth. Battling for fifth are Dick Brooks and Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison and A.J. Foyt. 
It's Donnie Allison down the back straightaway, two car lengths out in front. The rest of the pack tightly bunched behind them now as they come storming down this back shoot into three. Allison by three car lengths, Yarborough side by side with Baker. Parsons running fourth, Waltrip is fifth to Eli Gold. As they take it midway through the turn, they take the middle groove. The leader, Donnie Allison, one of the Alabama gang. Buddy Baker close behind, running third right now. The push automobile, Dale Yarborough. They take it that way into the tri-oval area. Here they come to the line. It will be Donnie Allison in the Hawaiian Tropic car leading the first lap. Baker is second. Gale is third. They jumble those positions around back fifth, sixth, and seventh, and 15 cars are in the lead draft back in one. Donnie Allison has moved up to a six-car length lead. Baker rides second as their single file in the banking at turn two. Yarborough's third, Parsons fourth, Waltrip fifth, Foyt is sixth, and Bobby Allison, Dick Brooks, and Dave Marcus. They're in the backstretch. Buddy Baker's not running away from anybody right now. It's Donnie Allison, the Hawaiian traffic number one by six car lengths at least, and now Kale runs second. Baker third, Parsons fourth, Waltrip fifth, A.J. Foyt is sixth, and they're jammed up tightly behind them. They go up the banking. Right now, the battle we watch for second place. Buddy Baker thought about going down low on Kale Yarborough. Thinks better of it. Donnie Allison right now an eight car lane lead over Kale, Buddy Baker, Buddy Parsons trying to take it down low as they head to the start finish line. Donnie Allison told Jackie Root that he could fly, that he was just as quick. He moves across the start finish line to lead them down in turn number one. And Barney he put his hand out the window as he came to the start finish drive, signaling to Chip Warren the starter some type of an indication. But he has now pulled to a five, six car length advantage as they go to Mike Joy. Make that eight car lengths coming out of turn number two. Yarborough is second, and Baker is right on his bumper. Then three car lengths back to Benny Parsons at fourth, Bobby Allison and Daryl. Allison maintains that advantage. Then it's about a seven-car grouping, a slight break, and then maybe eight to 12 more. Thundering down the back stretch as they come by, moving to the banks in turn three, running not quite on the ridge, but in the middle of the racetrack. Donnie Allison, one. Cale Yarbrough going two. Buddy Baker, three. Benny Parsons, four. Then Bobby Allison, Waltrip, along with A.J. Foyt. That's the way they head to the start. 22 cars are in the lead draft as they come back to the stripe. It's Allison out front. Donnie Allison, the leader. Kale is second. Parsons is third. Bobby Allison has moved to fourth, and Baker falls back to fifth position. Here comes Waltrip, charging out of the pack. Drops down to the inside groove in turn one. And Buddy Baker continues to drop back. He has lost the fifth spot to Waltrip. Now he and A.J. Foyt struggle for sixth. Foyt is not going to get it at turn two. He slips back up in the groove, coming onto the back trip. Baker has a peek inside on Waltrip, but he's still back in fifth slot. No difference in that lead for Donnie Allison over Cale Yarborough as they come down the back straightaway. If anything, Cale has chipped into that lead just a bit. Four car lengths back into three with Benny Parsons third. Bobby Allison fourth, Darrell Waltrip fifth, and four car lengths back to point. Everybody adheres to the lower groove, though possibly Bobby Allison floating a bit higher than the others. Darrell Waltrip now a bit lower in fifth. They take it down into the front straightaway area. It's still the advantage of the Hawaiian Tropic car. Believably or not, it's 29 cars in the lead draft. In first is Donnie Allison. Running in 29th is Jim Van Garnabur 89. 30th belongs to Lenny Pond. 31st is Chuck Bound. 32nd is J.D. McDuffie. And Butch Mock runs 33rd as they go to turn two. Battle for the lead tightened up coming into one, but coming out of turn two, Donnie Allison had Yarborough on his bumper. Now he has him by three car lengths. Four car lengths back to Parsons at third. Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip. Seven cars now breaking away from the rest of that big pack, and Kale tucks right in. Kale wants the challenge as they go to three. He takes the low inside line, puts a wheel in front. It's Yarborough in the lead for the first time as they come to Eli Gold. Kale glued to the downside, floats back in front of Donnie Allison for the lead. Now running in third, Buddy Parsons digging and knocking, looks for the advantage, can't find any. Right now the battle is David Pearson tries to pull away from the Ricky Red automobile. They're back in the pack as David tries to put some daylight on. First time the field is separated today and now seven cars open up into the lead draft and shuffle off down into turn number one. 
The seven-car breakaway includes Cale Yarbrough on the front of this single-file draft. Donnie Allison second, Benny Parsons, Bobby Allison, Darrell Waltrip in fifth, A.J. Foyt, and Dave Marcus. Those seven cars have about a 15-car length advantage back to David Pearson in the eighth spot. Nothing like the first visit to Daytona watching these high banks, the drafting process, and a traffic jam down the backstretch now. Here's Benny Parsons with a bid for second place. He moves by Donnie Allison. Bobby Allison wants to challenge those seven cars jamming up. And now Darrell Waltrip being dropped back to fifth, possibly sixth, as A.J. Foyt takes the downside underneath Darrell. He draws along and tries to tuck inside and behind Donnie Allison. The battle right now, fifth and sixth place. Seven cars continue to run in the lead draft, and then it's two cars. Ricky Rudd in ninth position while running directly in front of him in eighth is the pure later Mercury of David Pearson. From Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Company. At Daytona International Speedway, 23 laps are on the board of the Daytona 500. Talk about a battle for the lead. It's going on in turn three. Bobby Allison, defending champion, leads Donnie Allison as they come to Eli Gold. After Donnie Allison, it's the automobile of Cale Yarbrough, then Benny Parsons, Darrell Waltrip. That's the running order of the Dave Marcus automobile, tucking in along with A.J. Foyt. Here comes the defending champion for the Daytona 500, Allison, sitting out front. His brother Donnie tucks in on his bumper as Cale third, Parsons fourth. Waltrip is fifth, and falling back in the field, Buddy Baker has dropped to six. 16th position. Baker, who everybody thought they'd be chasing all afternoon, and Baker falls back to 16th. The leaders are in turn one. It's still a seven-car lead draft. They strung out a car length or two between them as Bobby Allison leads Donnie out of the bank, and Yarborough third, Parsons, Waltrip, sixth is Marcus, and seventh is Foyt. Bobby had that big smile this morning. He said, I'm going for two in a row. And right now, he has the lead. Brother Donnie chases him as they move into traffic for the first time. Hale third, Parsons fourth, Waltrip fifth. It's a family affair at the top of the pack right now. Bobby Allison, Donnie Allison. Donnie taking a bit of a lower groove. Now he tries to throw downstairs. There's no room there. He tucks back in behind Bobby. And still those lead cars dicing it down towards the trioval area. The Alabama gang come to the line. Donnie Allison takes the slingshot techniques, drops to the bottom of the racetrack. He's the new leader. Donnie Allison goes into the lead and 
Cale Yarborough rides the draft. They stack them three deep in one. Cale following Donnie Allison for second spot. Bobby hits his foot to the floor and goes around Cale on the outside to hold second spot. The Olds in front. Thunderbird second. Yarborough's Oldsmobile is third. Parsons and Walter continue to hold fourth and fifth as that seven-car draft tightens in the backstretch. The Hawaiian Tropic number one back in the lead. He had it early. Brother Bobby is right there in the Thunderbird number 15 holding second. Two car lengths back to Yarborough. That seven cars clings together. Single file, Donnie Allison one, Bobby Allison second, then Cale Yarbrough, Buddy Parsons, Darrell Waltrip, Dave Marcus, and A.J. Foyt. They motor through turn number four. It's still the Donnie Allison car, but a challenge. It's single file as your lead team start to come up on some lap traffic, namely Buddy Arrington and John A. Utzman. It's Donnie Allison leading brother Bobby. Cale Yarbrough runs in third. Going to the inside is Darrell Waltrip trying to get around Cale Yarbrough for fourth spot. Waltrip is fifth. He's on the bottom of the racetrack as the front five cars have a bit of separation from sixth place Dave Marcus. Waltrip slips back up into the groove, content with fifth spot for the moment. Looking back in the field, Pearson is eighth, Bonnet is ninth, Ricky Rudd is tenth, and Petty is eleventh. Those eleven cars down the back straightaway now, then it's a big group back, and there's another huge group behind them. Action all the way around the oval now as Donnie Allison protects his lead as they come toward Eli Gold in turn four. Donnie takes him down low, then he drifts up high. They're coming up on the Johnny Utsman and Buddy Arrington race traffic right now, trying to go a bit higher through the turn. Bobby Allison, but he tucks behind Donnie, still running one and two couple of the cars that have made pit stops directly ahead as Donnie Allison leads him down to the stripe. Bobby rides second. Kayla still third. Parsons is fourth. Waltrip is fifth as they shuffle off back into the number one corner. In the second draft, looks like an engine letting go on Jim Vandiver's car as he comes across the stripe. A blown engine on the Jim Vandiver car as he shuffles it down to the bottom of the racetrack and scoots down into turn number one. The leaders are in turn two. The leaders stay single file as they work race traffic front. Eleven cars now are all tied up down to the backstretch. Donnie Allison holding on to the advantage over brother Bobby. Kale is tucked right in tightly. Three cars just nose to tail in turn three, heading into four once again. They take it up the high banks. It's still the three file. Bobby Allison trailing Donnie Allison. Kale Yarbrough working third. Kale breathing the automobile just a bit as he works it inside and outside, but tucks back in for spot number three. As the leaders come to the stripe, Vandiver took the car to the bottom of the racetrack. Appears to be nothing on the speedway. The green remains on the field. It's Donnie Allison showing the way as Buddy Baker continues to lose ground to the leaders. He is way back in traffic. We'll get a position on the field on him in a moment. The battle up front still just as hot. They're back in one. Waltrip going into turn number one went underneath Benny Parsons an appropriated fourth spot. Donnie and Bobby Allison, Cale Yarborough hooked up tightly. The rest of the first 12 cars strung out behind them. Jim Vandiver limps by now. As he well, we almost had three. problems here in the trioval area is going around J.D. McDuffie was Buddy Baker. Both cars got literally sideways coming out of the trioval. They've gathered it back in, but it looks, Barney Hall, like there is definitely a problem on the Buddy Baker machine. We might get Joe Alloy to check on that as Baker is continuing to fall back. Here comes the charge for the lead. Eight cars in the draft. Allison still out front. Bobby Allison is second. Donnie is first. Cale is third. Fourth right now is Waltrip and fifth is Benny Parsons. Field eases out of turn number two. When I say ease, they ease down that back stretch at about 195 miles an hour with Donnie Allison showing the way as they move up into turn three. Six cars locked together in that initial draft. Then there's five more with Richard Petty running 11th. It's still Donnie Allison on top. As Dave Marcus has been known to do, he tried to take a bit of a lower line, but no luck there. Meanwhile, behind that first draft, David Pearson trying to close in. He's got Neil Bonnet right on his tail. As the field comes across the stripe, for the moment they seem content to run that way. Bobby Allison's got a slingshot down to the inside. He goes back after the lead in turn number one, and Bobby Allison takes the lead in the Daytona 500. 
Second caution of the afternoon has been displayed for the report. Let's go to Mike Joy. Trouble with the leaders up in turn number two. Donnie Allison leading the race. Bobby Allison tried to tuck back up in the draft. The two cars appeared to touch. Bobby hung on, but Donnie's Hawaiian Tropic car got completely sideways down the racetrack. Bobby Allison, unable to avoid him, also started spinning. Cale Yarborough caught up in it, also spun his car. The three machines spun out of control into the infield grass, which is very soaking wet from the downpour late yesterday afternoon and last night. All three cars have now come to rest on the backstretch and got stuck in the mud trying to get back on the racetrack. No damage appears to be too severe. All the drivers are all right and they are all trying to restart. Donnie's car Donnie Allison has moved right to the track apron, but is unable to get up on the asphalt. The slick Goodyear Racing tires not getting any hold in the infield. He's gotten an assist from the uh, NASCAR crews on the backstretch. Donnie is now running. Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison's car are being pushed at the moment, trying to get them underway so they can get back to the pit area. There is smoke coming from underneath the hood of the Junior Johnson-prepared Bush Oldsmobile, driven by Cale Yarborough. Bobby Allison looked like he might get away, but he too is stuck in the mud and the records are going to his aid. So that will make four of the leading contenders for the Daytona 500 that have encountered problems in the early going with 32 laps completed. Let's update you on the condition of the Buddy Baker automobile that's had problems. Here's Joe Alloy. We understand from the Buddy Baker crew that he has swallowed a cylinder. He has lost that cylinder. So that would be a serious problem to take him out of contention. Well, Barney, it looks as if the bubble has burst on Charlotte, North Carolina driver Buddy Baker's efforts to win his first Daytona 5. At the Daytona International Speedway, 37 laps are complete in the 200-lap Daytona 500 here this afternoon. Still overcast skies, but we are under caution for the second time of the day. And Jackie, I know the fans around the country are wondering exactly how those cars stand that spun in the back straightaway. We have an update on that. The spin was very costly for Donnie Allison. In fact, it has put him one lap down to your leader, Neil Bonnet. Such is the case with Cale Yarbrough and Bobby Allison, but they have two laps in arrears now to the leader. So let's recap for you. The Hawaiian Tropic Oldsmobile is being shown one lap down, while Cale Yarbrough and Bobby Allison are now being posted on the grid as two laps down to Neil Bonnet, who leads this Daytona 500. 37 laps are completed in the Daytona 500. 200 laps make up the 500 miles on this 2.5-mile facility. As the field goes out of turn number two down the back chute, let's go to Mike Joy, the cleanup crews, and find out what the condition of the track is in that area. The sweepers were on the track, Barney, but they are done. Right now, the GMC safety trucks look like they may put a little stay dry down there, and they are hauling the blower out. They've got a big a gas-fired blower that they will use to finish cleaning the track. Uh, the... Debris is confined strictly to the low groove of the racetrack. You know, this was a, not a bad accident, although it did happen at probably 185, 190 miles an hour. All three cars were traveling at just about the same speed when impact was made, and then they separated and went their own separate ways through the grassy area off the backstretch. So it's uh, a lot less damaging than certainly it could have been if there'd been a greater speed differential between the three cars. That's the condition of turn number two at this time. Again, we mentioned a moment ago, it is Neil Bonnet, the leader. Foyt is now up into the second spot, and Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile is showing third. We talked early in our broadcast that Petty would make his presence felt here today if he has no problems on the car. Jackie, you talked to him about that. He's presently running in the third position. I said, Richard, do you feel that you are a top contender for this 21st annual Daytona 500? We've been down here and we've won the race when we had the fastest car and we've been down here when we won the race and we felt like we had the almost the slowest car and uh, so, uh, you know, the race is not going to be over till you know, till they run the 500 miles and 
you know, uh, even if we don't run that fast, if we get everything, get the brakes and stuff all right, then uh, we can win the race. Now remember, Barney, as we have posted Donnie Allison one lap down, Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison two laps down, it's so early in this race that if we have some extended periods of caution, those drivers very easily can make those laps up by not coming in under caution and going all the way around. And should that happen, we'll explain it to our listeners. But there are some methods to quickly make up ground, especially if you go a lap down early in an event. It has been a lengthy caution or lengthy stop for the Buddy Baker car. The hood has been up on the car for at least three laps. Now they get the car down off the jacks. He takes it back onto the speedway down in turn one. Arnie, he gave us that look, that look that only Buddy can give us, the look of disgust. Like, what am I going to do now? The crew has done all they can. They got the duct tape out. They've made all the changes they can. Buddy just threw his hands up, put his goggles on, and then went back out on the track. He will fall in on the tail end of the field with Neil Bonnet riding in the lead at this time. We are still under caution here at Daytona. 38 laps are on the board in the 200-lap event. Foyt is the second-place car, and Foyt, ironically, had not moved to the front of the pack. He had been running back about 10th, 12th, somewhere in that range when that caution flag came out. Now he is up in the second position. For those, of the, for those of us who have been around A.J. Foyt for a number of years here at Daytona and then also on the championship car circuit, he has been looser with the press and the media than ever before here in Daytona Beach, Florida, and the car has not run all that well. He finished fairly easily in the 125-mile qualifier in second position, but he has not been that bundle of nerves that we've seen so many times here at Daytona and at Talladega, and all of a sudden he's being shown in second position. Well, something that surprised me, we were checking back through the record book on A.J. Foyt's performance here at Daytona. He's been to Daytona and made the field 26 times over the years. He's won the Daytona 500 once in 72. He's been a winner in the Firecracker race here twice, in once in 64 and again in 65. So A.J. has an awful lot of miles on this track. He loves to campaign against the Winston Cup drivers. And it's going to be another extended stay on pit road for car number 28, the Spectra Formula 250 car for Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina. Buddy, is there a lot of pressure on a driver trying to run the Daytona 500. Well, you know, this is it for us. Uh, if you win the Daytona 500, then uh, truthfully speaking, you've had a good year if you win here because it's the Super Bowl of what we do. And if you win here, then whatever you do the rest of the year is just additional prize for you. But uh, it's everything. Uh, we, we build new cars to race here. We don't build new cars to race many other places. And... I guess in uh, money that you make in this one event, not counting the prize money, just the consignments and different things that you get, it's, it's a big deal for us, and uh, we'll come down here to get it. It won't be his day today as the hood has gone up once again on Buddy Baker's machine. Looks as if Dame Fortune has frowned again on Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, Barney. Well, the drivers are ready and the fans are ready as Donnie Allison takes a late pit stop, gets his Hawaiian Tropic car back onto the banking down in the west end of the speedway. The field in tow will pull up into turn number three. We will go racing this time. They bunch them tightly in the back chute. Let's take a look at the field with Gary Gerald over in turn three as they get ready to cut them loose again. Pontiac Pace car pulls by on the high side of the track and begins to move away from the field now. They begin to form two lines with the cars that have been lapped pulling to the inside of the super speedway. Neil Bonnet has come from a 20th starting position. He's come a long way, but he's got Foyt, Petty, Waltrip right behind him as we get set for the green. 
And certainly the note as Neil Bonnet takes the point spot right now. Two members of the Alabama gang relinquishing the front positions. One other is right there to take over. And certainly in light of all of Neil Bonnet's problems here this week during speed weeks at Daytona, it's good for the youngster to be at the front right now. They motor through turn number four. They're set to go racing. Safety car dives onto pit road, and here they come to the stripe. Under green again as they move down to the line. Bonnet and Foyt quickly link up in a draft and try to pull away from Richard Petty. Petty comes powering up through the field, hangs onto the draft as they head down to turn one. It's a two-car breakaway of turn one. Ten car lengths separate second from third. Neil Bonnet in the high groove. Foyt looks low but stays in the draft. Eight car lengths back to Richard Petty in the third slot. Cale Yarbrough laps down, rides fourth on the draft. Darrell Waltrip has the fourth position ahead of Ty Scott, Dale Earnhardt, Benny Parsons. Neil Bonnet's had little to smile about during speed weeks at Daytona, but right now he has the lead, but he also has a challenge from A.J. Foyt. Foyt ducks to the inside as they go into three. They're side by side. Petty pulls up to within three car lengths as they come to Eli Gold. A.J. takes the lower route. He has reassumed the lead right now. Richard Petty tucking in behind Neil Bonnet. Neil Yarborough automobile down a couple of laps. He drops off the pace, taking the lower route as Darrell Walter picks up the pace and fourth. 25 cars in the front draft. Foyt out front. Bonnet second. Petty third. Walter fourth. As they shuffle around, a change in leadership as Foyt goes around on the outside in turn one and goes after the lead. And Bonnet comes right back on the low side of the racetrack. Waltrip following in his draft with Ty Scott. They all move around. A.J. Foyt, it'll be Neil Bonnet out of turn two. Darrell Waltrip and Ty Scott in a tight draft. There are ten cars tucked tightly together in the back stretch. Here goes Waltrip. Oh, we've got traffic down the back straightaway. They're jamming three wide now on the back chute coming into three. We've got all kinds of excitement with Waltrip taking the lead. It's Ty Scott running right tight in along Neil Bonnet and Bobby Allison, of course, down laps is right up there with the front runners. Ty Scott, the young Penardsville, Pennsylvania driver. He goes second, now goes down low on the racetrack. Door handle, a door handle with Bonnet, but Bonnet now makes a move, trying to draw alongside Darrell Walter for the lead. Bonnet goes downstairs and appropriates the lead. Bobby Allison trying to gain back one of his two-lap deficit, runs in second on the racetrack, but he is well down and two laps behind the leader. At the present time, your leader is out front. It's car number five, and that would be Neil Bonnet in front of Mike Joy. Surprise for second spot, young Ty Scott. Dirt track A's turn, Grand National driver. Has the challenge from another great rookie, Dale Earnhardt, moves to the inside in the backstretch. Bobby Allison trying to get one of those laps back. Looks like he may be doing it right now because he's moved to the head of the pack. Earnhardt behind him, bidding for the lead along with Bonnet. Earnhardt and Bonnet chasing Bobby Allison, who was down lap. They're side by side. Dale Earnhardt, who had quite the afternoon here yesterday, bothered only by a cut tire late in the race. He takes a low ride. Door handle, a door handle with Neil Bonnet. Earnhardt staying glued down to the low side of the racetrack. Handling well, they go to the start-finish line. Bobby Allison tries to pull away, and he will do it. As Earnhardt and Ty Scott run door-to-door, that will slow you down. The two young drivers hammering away at each other as they get back into turn one from the Daytona International Speedway. This is the MRN Broadcasting Company. A scramble for the lead. Traffic is heavy in turn three. Bonnet and Earnhardt. Earnhardt takes the lead. Ty Scott's right there with him. Ty Scott goes to the outside in the second spot. Neil Bonnet taking it down low. They try to chase down Dale Earnhardt. Second car running right now. Bobby Allison, though, he's locked to the rear. It's young Dale Earnhardt setting the pace right now. They head to the tri-oval. The sensational driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, pulls in front of the field and across the stripe Dale Earnhardt. Neil Bonnet is still second. Up into third position is Parsons as Bobby Allison tries to get that car into position should we have another caution to get one of his laps back. The field moves to the west banking in front of Mike Joy. Hard to believe, Barney. There are 30 cars in this lead draft as Benny Parsons goes downstairs, takes the second slot from Ty Scott and chases after Dale Earnhardt. 
NASCAR Winston Cup racing at its best as they thunder our way in turn three. It's still Earnhardt on top. Bobby Allison tucked in behind in that draft. Remember, he's lapped down. Betty Parsons now moving into second with Ty Scott third. Betty Parsons, he stays glued down low side. Darrell Waltrip tight on the rear of Ty Scott's automobile. Dale Earnhardt with the advantage, but watch Buddy Parsons. It's the better one of the youngsters. They go downstairs. Buddy Parsons handling so well on the low side. Over 30 cars are in that lead pack of traffic as they come across the line at over 195 miles an hour. Earnhardt continues to show the way, doing a great job. Parsons sticks the nose of the car down to the inside groove. He tries to move up a spot in turn one. Parsons was back to fifth. He's now chasing the third spot. Running underneath young Ty Scott. Darrell Waltrip works the high groove, and another rookie, Harry Gant, at the bottom of the racetrack, tries to move up into the top five. They exit turn two, Earnhardt in the lead. There's so much traffic that Richard Petty and David Pearson, past winners of Daytona, are clear back in 10th and 11th in this group as they come down into three. Earnhardt still on top. Ty Scott second, Parsons third. Darrell Waltrip running fourth, then the Ricky Rudd automobile is there. Low side, E.J. Foyt, as the Dick Brooks automobile rears into racing line right now as they move through turn number four. Dale Earnhardt still shows the advantage. Over 30 cars being sucked along in that lead draft. And again, Parsons dives down to the inside. He will try to draft around Bobby Allison's car to get up to the to the leader. As they head back into turn number one, they squeeze Parsons down to the bottom of the racetrack. Benny has been trying to make it work on the low side. He is in the third spot. Behind Ty Scott, Darrell Waltrip scrambling for racing room, trying to shut Parsons out of the draft. Out of turn two, Parsons sneaks back up in. Earnhardt leads Scott in second, Parsons third. Dale Earnhardt had frustration in the Sportsman 300 mile yesterday, but he has the lead right now in the Daytona 500 miles. Benny Parsons moves into second. Darrell Waltrip bidding for third alongside Ty Scott. Benny Parsons, he goes to the second place, and Darrell Waltrip tries to use his draft to sweep right through, but he ends up door handle to door handle for that third place final with Ty Scott. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt still has the advantage. Benny Parsons moving into the outside, tries for a move. A rookie leads the Daytona 500 right behind him, the 75 winner. Benny Parsons goes downstairs once again out of the trial, and he has taken over the lead as they go to turn one. Same place same way for Parsons he's not giving it up but he has the lead this time at turn number one and steps out to a three car length advantage as Bobby Allison scrambles for position against Dale Earnhardt Waltrip is third Scott is fourth Rudd is fifth Dick Brooks is sixth Petty is seventh and Point is eighth still close to 30 cars battling together down the back straightaway at full speed but it's Benny Parsons at number 27 who's broken open to a far car length advantage over Dale Earnhardt Betty Parsons, the veteran, the youngster, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt right now, door handle to door handle with Bobby Allison. Though Allison a few laps down. The second slew showing the Ty Scott automobile side by side with Darrell Waltrip. Nobody has ever seen a Daytona 500 like this one. There are more than 30 cars riding that lead pack of traffic. It is Parsons out front, Earnhardt hanging on to the second spot. Ty Scott is third, and Waltrip is charging up through the field, trying to make it up to the front as they head back to turn one. Barney, so difficult is this 30-car draft that we're unable to give you the first 30 positions because they see continue to seesaw back and forth, not only up front where we keep you abreast of the lead changes, but also in the back in 28th, 29th, and 30th position. They're midway down the back stretch as they head to Gary Gerald. All blaze of color. They're still jammed together. Jockeying inside, outside, three deep on the back stretch. It's Parsons in front. Earnhardt, a car and a half back. Ty Scott racing third. Ty Scott impressively here, just stood out before and drop kicks Darrell Waltrip back to eighth running position right now. Meanwhile, the leaders move right by Buddy Parsons, but Dale Earnhardt right on his tail. The youngsters made up ground. 125 miles are completed in the Daytona 500. Parsons, the leader. Riding at second is Earnhardt. Third is Ty Scott. Fourth, Fourth. is Dick Brooks. Fifth belongs to Neil Bonnet as they go into turn one. 
Benny Parsons up front. They are single file, and in turn number one, there are over 18 cars single file. Back to David Pearson, who has just lost three positions in the Pure Later Mercury. Parsons leads Dale Earnhardt. Five car lengths back to Ty Scott in third. Parsons now trying to protect the advantage, but Earnhardt is tucked right in on his back bumper. They're locked together in a very tight draft now. Only inches, make it a couple of feet now, separating them as they go into the high banks of turn three. Interesting how yesterday Dale Earnhardt used every piece of real estate available. Right now he's content to tuck behind Benny Parsons. That's the way they run it through turn number four. Still the Ty Scott automobile hanging close in. Ty breathing the automobile just a bit, but still the battle to the line. Across the stripe, the front two some try to break the draft. No way. As more than 30 cars continue to ride out front in the Daytona 500. Benny Parsons leads this event. Running in second is Dale Earnhardt. Ty Scott is third. Darrell Waltrip is fourth. Dick Brooks running in fifth. Sixth position to Ricky Rudd. Seventh to the STP Oldsmobile. Four, Richard Petty. David Pearson is eighth. Ninth position is A.J. Foyt. In tenth position as they go in front of Eli Gold. We have trouble in front of Eli Gold. As they head to turn number four, we've got two cars. A.J. Foyt is involved. He cuts in front of Pearson. He goes harder to the wall. Along come three or four cars spinning through the dirt. Gary Ballou's automobile. We've got two more cars in the wall directly in front of us. Six, seven, eight, possibly nine cars involved. Back to the tower. A vicious crash in turn number four has sidelined more than five cars that have come to rest on the apron of the track. Two cars are jammed into the wall and a cloud of smoke up in turn four. Caution is on the speedway. We the have got the David Pearson automobile coming to the rest in the grassy area on the infield. His front part of the automobile totally pushed back into the driver compartment area. The number 87 of Gary Ballou, he cut across, hit the wall rather viciously up in the highest point of turn number four, cut down across the racetrack, took along with him, the automobile of A.J. Foyt. Further down the stretch, we had cars careening into the wall as Drake tried to avoid the onrushing perils and cars at this point strewn all over the racetrack. We see the David Pearson automobile again with the front of its car pretty well shoved into the rear and the A.J. Foyt car along with the number 87 automobile right now of Gary Ballou. Those are the ones that seem to be most dangerously injured here as far as the cars are concerned. Also involved Barney Hall was car number 17 and that would be Skip Manning but he has brought his ailing machine from Bogalusa, Louisiana onto Pitt Road. We are under caution at the Daytona International Speedway. After a hair-raising crash in turn number four, more than half the field came through a smoke-filled racetrack, trying to pick their way through cars that had stopped on the apron of the track and against the wall. At the Daytona International Speedway, 62 laps are complete in the 200-lap event, the 500-mile Daytona race this afternoon. We have had action galore almost since the green flag dropped this afternoon. Just stepping into our booth, the Pink Panther from Las Vegas, Nevada, Mel Larson. Have you ever seen a Daytona 500 such as this one? I really haven't seen one like this, and I'm uh, really glad to say I'm up here watching it uh, rather than being in it as much action as they're having here today. I think the competition this year has been the best we've ever seen. There's more than half the field qualifying at over 185 miles an hour. Probably at least 15 of the cars capable of running speeds of 194 to 195. Richard Petty has just put the STP Oldsmobile into the lead to update you on that. Who do you think might pull it out today? Well, it looks like it might be Richard's day. Uh, you know, he's had a, a long dry spell, and everybody likes Richard. And, uh, of course, he's a favorite of mine because of his father. Uh, I raced with him for many years, and I'm still looking forward to another few races so I can race with Kyle. And uh, you know, so, you know, today I walked around from the infield and walking up uh, from the spectator's side, and I believe if I ever saw a race from this side uh, down there on that level, I don't know if I would have driven the car. Boy, that 
is a thrill. So the racing fans around the country, if you haven't been to Daytona, you've got to come and see the greatest uh, track in the world and the greatest drivers and watch it right from this grandstand. Uh, you just can't beat that. A lot of drivers have echoed your sentiment, Mel Larson, that coming up here, Jackie, and seeing them the other cars run, they, they say, we don't realize we run like that. And the next most dangerous thing is coming to Daytona on your honeymoon. Well, well you may well be right about that. No question about that. We're getting, getting ready to go back to Greenbelt. Thanks for stopping by a moment with us. As the field goes down into turn number one, Jackie quickly lets update you on how they're running as we get ready to go back to Green. The STP Southern Pride, number 43 for Richard Petty, is out front. Terry Labonte in the Stratograph Oldsmobile. Stratograph Buick runs in second, third position to Jeff Bodine in the Race Hill Farms machine. Ricky Rudd in the Trucks More Industries, number 90, runs in fourth position. Fifth to Dale Earnhardt. Grant Adcox is running in the sixth position. Neil Bond and the Jim Stacy prepared machine is running seventh. Eighth goes to Dave Watson. Ninth is now being shown as Bobby Allison. In tenth position, check that Harry Gant in ninth position. In tenth position is A.J. Foyt. Eleventh position is Ty Scott. Twelfth to D.K. Ulrich. Thirteenth to Cuckoo Marlin. Fourteenth position to Richard Childers and the CRC Chemicals Oldsmobile. Fifteenth position is now being posted as Paul Fess. Sixteenth to Frank Warren. Seventeenth to Car 54, Lenny Pond, the Burger King Special. Eighteenth spot is now being shown as Benny Parsons of Ellaby, North Carolina. Jackie, and in the garage right now, we're talking to David Pearson, who also was involved in that crash. Uh, David, you're not going out again? Oh, no, it uh, messed it up pretty bad. And in your car, I understand, is not in real good shape either. No, it's not. Uh, well, that's what I was talking about. I'm okay, but the, uh, the car's in real good shape. I mean, uh, tore up pretty bad, so, but uh, I think we can get it repaired. What happened out there? I really don't know. Uh, it triggered off in front of me, and I don't know exactly which one started it, but uh, there was three or four cars spinning around, hit the wall to come back off, and one caught me, and I went down on the apron trying to miss it, and then I started spinning, so uh, there's a couple of cars hit me. I don't really know. It's back to green flag racing as they come to the line. Chip Warren shows the flag, and it's the STP Oldsmobile leading across the stripe for the 64th circuit. Going to the inside, trying to make up a lap is Donnie Allison in the Hawaiian Tropical Oldsmobile as they go to Mike Joy. Allison gets Gets his lap back at turn number one. Petty leads. Two car legs back is Terry Labonte. Two more legs back to Jeff Bodine. Then Dale Earnhardt. Ricky Rudd rides in the fifth spot. Neil Bonnet is sixth. Harry Gant seventh. A.J. Foyt back in eighth in the backstretch. Storming into view out of a gathering haze down there in turn two. It's Petty in the lead. He's chasing, however. Donnie Allison. Danny trying to get that lap back. Labonte running second. Earnhardt moves up to challenge and takes second. And now Dale Earnhardt. He goes underneath Terry Labonte. He has second on the outside. A pretty good battle shaping up between Neil Bonnet and Jeff Bodine. Though Bodine from Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Dale Earnhardt, the rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, riding in second position, puts the heat on Richard Petty in turn two. Coming out on the backstretch, it's Earnhardt looking low for a bit on the lead. He tries to get outside the draft, can't do it. Tucking right in now, it's Petty and Earnhardt running 1-2. Labonte races third. A.J. Foyt has stormed all the way back. He's now fourth, running alongside Neil Bonnet. A.J. Foyt is indeed in fourth. Ricky Rudd has been drop-kicked to the outside grooves. He takes it through the turn. The leadership, though, is Richard Petty. Dale Earnhardt brings the automobile, tries to tuck inside of Richard. We have been informed from scoring that Foyt is in the same lap of the leaders, and if that is true, he is challenging for fifth position on Neil Bonnet right now. Donnie Allison, who's made up one of his laps, rides at the head of the field. He is still a lap down. They go back into turn one with Petty showing the way. 
Three-car draft for the lead. It is Petty, Earnhardt, and Labonte. Foyt sweeps underneath Neil Bonnet. Foyt is now fourth. Harry Gant moves up to fifth. Benny Parsons now challenges Bonnet for the sixth spot out of turn two. Keeping an eye on A.J., the legendary Texan now, trying to catch up with that four-car breakaway. Donnie Allison, who made up the lap, leads it. Petty, Earnhardt, Labonte, then come Foyt, Gant, and Bonnet. Neil Bonnet right now, he's had some trouble as far as race traffic is concerned as A.J. Foyt tucks himself behind Terry Labonte as the leaders come by. Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, that's the one-two race right now. Terry Labonte going third. Same situation we had before the caution came out. 25 cars in the lead draft this time as they sweep by. Earnhardt will make a move on the outside, thinks better of it as Petty used up a little racetrack and gave the rookie driver a lesson. They're back in turn one. As Earnhardt went outside, Foyt went to the low groove. Harry Gant directly behind him. They are challenging Petty for the lead at turn two. Foyt on the inside, Petty on the outside. They are dead even coming out of two into the backstretch area. It looks like a parade lap, except they're running at full speed. Richard Petty ducks inside now. Foyt tries. He gets caught momentarily. Earnhardt takes second. Foyt drops back to third. Labonte goes to the high side, racing fourth. Up the wall they go. The battle right now as we watch Richard Petty. He holds down second the position rather in the lead. Dale Earnhardt. Then A.J. Foyt still closed down low on the racetrack. Gary Labonte takes the road towards the wall. Jackie Root, I've seen every Daytona 500 since they started in 1959. Never have I seen a race like this. 25, 28 cars still in the lead draft. They shuffle down into turn number one as Richard Petty holds off about eight cars that want to get in the lead. Foyt's move on the low groove does not work. It is Petty in front. Earnhardt second. Terry Labonte third. Bonnet fourth. Parsons fifth. Foyt is all the way back to seventh spot. Caught in the inside groove. Here goes Earnhardt in the back stretch for the lead. Earnhardt makes his challenge on the inside. Petty running the outside. They're dead even. Now it's Earnhardt by a wheel. He takes him into three in the middle of the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt, the rookie, back in front. And Dale Earnhardt takes Donnie Allison with him as Allison tries to regain a lap on the race. Dale Earnhardt with the advantage of car lane back to Richard Petty. As they motor right through, Neil Bonnet and Terry Labonte in a battle for fourth and fifth. 1979 is the Chinese year of the child, and right now a rookie leads the Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt, high, wide, and handsome, goes out against the concrete retaining barrier and heads for the east-west end of the speedway once again. Earnhardt has a one-car cushion to Richard Petty. That's Donnie Allison, who was caught back and is now two laps down once again. On the inside is Benny Parsons. He's dueling Bonnet for the fifth spot, and Floyd has climbed up to ride right on Parsons' bumper. They're too wide, including for the lead. You make just the slightest mistake, and you can lose five or six positions before you can bat an eye. Here's Petty on top now. He moves inside. Neil Bonnet tucks in behind him to take second. The youngest member of the Alabama gang tucks in front of Dale Earnhardt. Neil Bonnet on second to Richard Petty's leadership right now. Benny Parsons in fourth. He goes down low on the racetrack. He's side by side with Neil Labonte. Barney Hall, we have never, ever seen such a tight-fisted group of competitors as they work the 71st lap here, 177 and a half miles down, and you just can't tell it trades back and forth like baseball cards as they go to turn one. This time it's Petty in front, Bonnet is second, Earnhardt third, Labonte fourth, Parsons fifth, Harry Gant, A.J. Foyt, and the first battle is back with Ricky Rudd and Nick Brooks slugging it out for the eighth spot. For the first time in several laps now, it's a single-file procession, but not for long. Here comes Neil Bonnet in the Stacy prepared Oldsmobile. He has the lead. Earnhardt second, Petty third, Labonte fourth. Indeed, this time Dale Earnhardt on the coach strings of Neil Bonnet as Earnhardt goes to second place behind Neil. It's single file coming through the turn. Dale Earnhardt thought about trying to go on the inside groove of Neil Bonnet. He tucks himself back in in second. Bonnet leads him down to the stripe. Glued on his bumper is Earnhardt as they shuffle out. 
flanking, head back down into turn number one, Earnhardt sticks his nose down to the inside, and they can race in three, four lanes in the west end of the speedway. It is still bonnet out front. Benny Parsons charges in the low groove. Richard Petty moves down a couple of feet to hold Parsons back at the fourth position. Bonnet the leader this time by, followed by Earnhardt, and here goes Petty, three wide in the back stretch. Slingshot move by Richard in car number 43 as he moves to the inside. He's tucked in behind Donnie Allison. Neil Bonnet on the outside continues to hold the lead. Earnhardt second, Benny Parsons jumps into third. Again, Donnie Allison trying to regain a lap on a member of the Alabama gang. Neil Bonnet there, door handle, the door handle. Benny Parsons glued down low to the racetrack on the coattails of Donnie Allison. Benny Parsons trying to sling through to the first spot through the trioval. Nobody has been able to pull away from this draft all afternoon since they went to green. Donnie Allison being pinned down to the bottom of the racetrack. He gets his lap back and moves back in the front of the field. But Earnhardt rides the draft around and tries to wrench the lead away from Neil Bonnet. He does it in turn one. The new leader was in sixth spot one lap ago. Benny Parsons leads the 500. He has three car lengths on Neil Bonnet. Petty and Earnhardt are side by side for third and Harry Gannett, Terry Labonte. You can sense the concentration, the confidence with which these drivers are rounding this two and a half mile oval. They can go any place they want to. Parsons holds the lead in three. Dale Earnhardt trying to make a move for second spot. Goes on the downside of Neil Bonnet. He has the position. Terry Labonte trying to sneak through along with him. The coattail sideways. Neil Bonnet, he takes Terry Labonte Trouble with him. In turn number four as out one of... car crashes, spins down on the apron of the track and one car skittering. Harry Gant slams into the wall and bounces all the way back out into the middle of the speedway and hits the outside retaining wall. It was Neil Bonnet and Terry Labonte getting sideways as they came out of turn number four. They were going in rather hard on the trail of the leaders. That will be the fourth caution of the afternoon and Barney Hall, Chuck Bound, an amazing job is coming off the inside portion of the grassy infield area. Car number 12, Harry Gann of Taylorsville, North Carolina, totally out of control, sliding across the infield apron directly into the path of the King's Inn. Jim Testa prepared number 68 with Chuck Bound, the rookie at the keyboard. Bound gathered in the car and in a split second decision darted to the inside and got around Harry Gant. Gant has come to rest some 200 feet beyond the entrance to Pitt Road on the high side and he is coming out slowly out of the Ken Cole mining number 12. He is out running across the grass and he is all right. Harry Gant climbs out of the car as traffic comes out of that fourth corner. Gant getting out of the car. It hit the inside retaining wall just coming into the pit sideways at perhaps 175 miles an hour and bounced the car all the way across the racetrack back out into traffic and slammed it into the outside retaining wall. Harry climbs out of the car. He has now run across pit road and is talking with one of the NASCAR officials. For and a fourth caution flag of the day is on the field here at Daytona. For an update on what happened directly in front of Eli Gold, let's go to turn four. Well, it was very simple. Neil Bonnet and Terry Labonte, the young rookie out of Texas. They came to right out of the turn. It was a choo-choo train effect for the two of them. Neil Bonnet got sideways coming off the high point of the turn and back on a graduated lowering trend towards the front straightaway. Neil just went sideways. Labonte was caught right in. It looked as even possibly they might have hooked the bumpers. They were that close. As Neil began the slow turn, he took Terry Labonte with him. The service to Labonte and to Bonnet have been completed, and they return to the race as we work, as we said, the fourth caution of the afternoon. The field is in the banking in turn four. We're getting ready to go back to green of the Daytona 500 on the 81st lap. As they come down out of the corner, the Pontiac safety car dives on the pit road to give them racing room in a hurry because here they come. Full throttle out of the fourth turn by gate seven, heading down to the line, green flag, as we go back to racing at Daytona. Jeff Bodine is the leader. Coming up is Benny Parsons trying to overhaul him as they head back into turn number one. The young rookie driver from Bellingham, Massachusetts, sits in the point. 
Bodine, the winningest driver of the nation last year. 55 feature victories, trying to make his first win in 1979 right here. But Parsons is closing in at turn number two. The gap shortened from five, now to two car lengths. With Dick Brooks in third spot, Parsons is going to try Bodine coming out of turn two in the back stretch. Side by side, down the back straightaway now. Benny Parsons indeed makes his try and he makes it pay off. He grabs the lead, but Dick Brooks is right there also. Bodine racing third. Bobby Allison fighting to try to get one of those laps back. Bobby Allison moving in on the tail of Jeff Bodine. Meanwhile, the Jeff, the bear fighter car of Dick Brooks, he cuts in second place behind Benny Parsons. They go dancing down to the tri-oval area, some going two abreast. There are 14 cars in the lead pack this time as they come by. Parsons is the new leader, and Dick Brooks in the bear fighter car has slid into second position. Bodine maintains the third position. They scramble as they head down into turn number one. Jeff Bodine sits third. Bobby Allison is fourth in the draft, but he is lapsed down, as is Cale Yarborough and Dave Marcus right behind them. That would make the fifth, rather fourth place car, Ty Scott, then A.J. Foyt in fifth, Richard Petty sixth. Bright sunshine for the first time in quite some time on the back straightaway now as they come roaring toward turn three once again. It's Dick Brooks, the pride of Porterville, California, putting a wheel in front of Benny Parsons. Dick trying to make the move. He went down low, now floats up in front of Benny Parsons, holding down the third spot from the Mod Squad. Jeff Bodine out of Massachusetts, out of turn number four. The advantage held by the Bearfinder car, but a move now by Parsons. One lap down is Dick Brooks, so Benny Parsons will appropriate the lead as he comes across the stripe in the Griffiths Marine Supply. Number 27, Jeff Bodine will be running in second. Ty Scott is third, fourth to A.J. Foyt. Richard Petty runs fifth. Neil Bonnet right now in the garage area, driver of car number five, involved in that spin and in turn number four. Neil's all right, but your car, Neil? Well, the car's pretty well out of it. I got the thing sideways coming off forward. And I think it jumped across the road in the infield and it tore the chassis up under the bottom of the car. We tried to fix it and uh, I went back out and the car was vibrating real bad. There's no way to run it. And one more driver out of the race. Bodine goes after the lead up in turn number three. This young rookie driver and Jackie, we may see the first rookie ever to win a Winston Cup event, the way they're running in the top five. A rookie has won Winston Cup events. Earl Ross did it in Martinsville, Virginia several years back, but no one has ever been able to do it here at the Grand Dame of Stock Car Racing Facilities, Daytona Beach, Florida. And at the present time, a whole host of rookies are challenging some of the aging veterans. Benny Parsons is out front as he does the shoot and scoot into turn one. Parsons leads Bodine by one. One car length. Brooks a lap down. Closes up on Bodine. He's third in the draft with two lap cars behind him. Then to Ty Scott in third spot. Foyt is fourth. Out of turn two. Parsons opens up a four car length advantage. Lenny Pond just went limping by, but here comes the speed now as the freight train hooks up down the back straightaway. And Jeff Bodine with a slingshot move. He takes the lead away from Parsons. Now as Jeff Bodine stays glued down low and floats back up, Cale Yarbrough trying to join back and get some of the laps back. But Cale stays down low as Jeff Bodine stands on a choice of good horsepower. Benny Parsons right on the tail as they go out to the wall and head to the line. 14 cars chase Bodine down to the start-finish line. He streaks across. Parsons just inches away, and Benny uses the draft. For a moment, it looked like he was going to put a move on him. As they head to turn one down on the inside, he thinks second thoughts on it and decides to just ride the draft for the moment. They're in front of Mike Joy. And the Spoiler here could be Cale Yarbrough trying to regain a lap. Cale moved up past third place car Ty Scott. Bodine leads Parsons out of turn two, and Parsons will try him again in the backstretch. The modified star from the north has his hands full at the moment. Here's Benny Parsons in the familiar blue and white 27 back into the lead. Dick Brooks right there trying to get back a lap. Bodine hangs on to second. But Bodine now being kicked up towards an outside groove as Buddy Parsons takes the midway through the turn. Dick Brooks laps down, running second on the speedway right now. Then the Kale Yarborough automobile running in the third running order right now. Then finally, Dick Bodine. 
It is. Benny Parsons out front. Jeff Bodine is running in second. Ty Scott is third. A.J. Boyd is fourth. Running fifth is Richard Petty. Dale Earnhardt is sixth. Lenny Pond is seventh. Grant Adcox eighth. Dave Clayton is running in the ninth position. In tenth position is D.K. Ulrich. In eleventh is Black... Blackie Weingren, J.D. McDuffie is 12th, 13th to Cuckoo Marlin, Bill Dennis is running 14th, Donnie Allison is 15th, Richard Childress runs 16th, 17th goes to Terry Labounty, 18th position, and that's when you go one lap down. That's the Shoney's racing team for Dave Marcus. In 19th position is Chuck Bound, 20th, belongs to car number 82, and that would be Paul Fess. In 21st position is Bobby Allison, two laps down. Buddy Arrington is 22nd, and 23rd is the 05 of Dick Brooks. Now, Brooks is being shown three laps down. 88 laps are complete in the 200-lap Daytona 500. Let's go to the garage area. The 1977 Rookie of the Year, Ricky Rudd, is out of the race. He was not involved in a crash. Something happened to his car, Ricky? Well, the uh, car was running pretty good. We just uh, just more or less sitting back in that lead pack, and uh, the car was running too great. I knew, you know, we had, we're going to have to have trouble, I guess. But uh, we were just sitting back waiting to the end. Uh, had a lot of guys out there uh, driving like they're on dirt or something. Uh, they were thinking uh, the race is going to be ended shortly, I guess, you know, uh, the way they were driving. But... Uh, I guess we, the only thing we do is look forward to next week and the week after that because today wasn't our day. And at this count, there are 10 cars out of the race. Cale Yarborough tries to make up some ground on Benny Parsons to unlap himself here at the Daytona International Speedway. It's Parsons, the leader. Jeff Bodine is still in second position. At the Daytona International Speedway, Benny Parsons now pulls ahead of the pack a little bit in the most breathing room anybody has had today. Parsons has it as he's linked up in a two-car train with Cale Yarbrough's Bush Oldsmobile as they come back to the stripe. They have pulled away perhaps 10 car lengths on the second-place car, Jeff Bodine. Richard Petty a moment ago was up in the third position, and now it looks like Petty is falling back a bit as Earnhardt gets around him, and they head back to turn one, Jackie Root. Barney Hall, you've got to be impressed by this run by this youngster, Jeff Bodine, some 27 years old hailing out of Bellingham, Massachusetts and carrying the Winston Racing Colors and the honors for the track championship at the Stafford Springs Motor Speedway for 1978. He came Grand National Racing and I'll bet you right now all of New England is thinking back to 1970 when the Dedham, Massachusetts flash, Pete Hamilton driving for the Richard Petty stable was right where at this point in the race, Jeff Bodine is as he went on to win the 1970 Daytona 500. So all of New England is probably shaking in their boots right now, cheering on Jeff Bodine, who runs in second. And as they come out of turn number four, Dale Earnhardt putting some pressure on Bodine, they head to the strike. Across the start-finish line, Parsons and Yarborough continue to ride a two-car draft, and they pull away just a little bit more each time around. And Mike Joy, it looks like they have broken the draft on that second pack of traffic. They have, Barney. It's about a second and a half back to the second group. Dale Earnhardt just went low in turn one and passed Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt is now third with Bodine fourth, Donnie Allison fifth, Richard Petty, and A.J. Foyt. Cale Yarborough getting pulled along by many Parsons as they come down the back straight heading toward three. Earnhardt moves into second place. Indeed. Dale Earnhardt down the back stretch. He tries to put some moves on and does put some daylight between himself and Jeff Bodine. Chasing down right now, Dale Earnhardt. But again, a good gap between himself and second and the lead automobile of Benny Parsons in a private draft with Cale Yarbrough. It looks like there are 29 cars still on the speedway of the starting 41 despite all the activity we've had in turn four involving those cars that put several of them out of competition. One car that has retired is the Burger King Oldsmobile for Lenny Pond. It has gone behind the wall. The leader, Parsons, continues to stretch his lead. He is in front of Mike Joy, and they continue to pull away. Battle for the third spot, though, as Donnie Allison comes up to run Dale Earnhardt. Allison is now out of the draft, and he drops back some two car lengths from the third spot. 
First time today we've seen anybody open up anything close to about a 75-yard advantage, but that's what Benny Parsons enjoys as they move into three and four. Of course, that second group right now, it's a deja vu, a flashback to the early going as the Allison brothers. Donnie Allison leading by a half a car length over Bobby Allison as they try to make up ground. This is the longest lead we've seen in the first 94 laps of competition at the Daytona 500, and it is Benny Parsons out front in the Griffith Marine Supply Oldsmobile. I asked Benny yesterday how much trust is there there in this sport of stock car racing. Well, it has to be a great deal. And, uh, you know, we talk about uh, being a gentleman about it and what have you. There has to be a lot of courtesy displayed on the racetrack. Or, you know, one driver could wipe out the entire field if he so ch chose to do so. Well, we've seen a lot of activity. We have had already four separate caution flags for some very serious accidents. Thus far, nobody has been hurt badly. In fact, everybody is all right from those altercations. And now, Barney Hall, it looks as if Cale Yarbrough and Benny Parsons are beginning to shake the rest of the field as they come screaming out of turn number four to the stripe. Well, that's what everybody had thought that Buddy Baker and possibly Waltrip might do was link up when they dropped the green flag and take off and set sail from the field. It did not materialize. At least it has right now, though. Those two cars continue to wind their way around the speedway, but the battle is back for second position. Five, six, seven, eight cars ride the draft for that number two spot as they move to Mike Joy. Donnie Allison has the second spot for the moment. He has a one-car cushion. Bobby Allison a lap down before A.J. Foyt in fourth. Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, Ty Scott hooked up in that second draft. The big crush now is way back behind the two front runners. Actually, it's Parsons in the lead with Cale hooked along, but Donnie has come a long way in car number one to get back into second. Indeed, Donnie Allison doing the job as he worked his way back after being lapped in arrears. He takes that second pack through turns three and four. Bobby Allison using a bit higher a line than Donnie Allison. A.J. Foyt and Dale Earnhardt, they're fighting their time. That's all they can do. As the lead car comes across the stripe, Donnie Allison sweeps by. He is 3.7 seconds now in second position. 3.7 seconds separate first and second spot. And they can't afford to race right now back in that second position because if you pull door to door, you'll slow down even more and allow Benny Parsons and Cale Yarborough to get away even further. Barney, in the garage area right now, we find that Lenny Pond's car, number 54, had no brakes. That means the attrition rate is ever growing here with 11 cars out of the race. The top contenders that are out of the race. To update you on that, David Pearson has parked his car, crashed it in turn four. Buddy Baker had mechanical problems, has gone behind the wall. Ricky Rudd is out of the race. Neil Bonnet, one of the top contenders, and Lenny Pond has also gone behind the wall. Here comes Benny Parsons and Cale Yarbrough. They stretch the lead even more this time by. The two Oldsmobiles, nose to tail, pulling away from Donnie Allison, the second place car. And Barney, the latest report we can get from NASCAR scoring is Cale Yarbrough is at least three laps in arrears. So although he runs second on the racetrack, he is three laps down to your leader, Benny Parsons. And Jackie, one more car comes wheeling into the garage area. Number 25, the car of rookie Ronnie Thomas is being wheeled in right now, and he is walking over beside it. We are 97 laps into the Daytona 500, 103 laps from the completion of the event this afternoon. And we are showing Benny Parsons lengthening his lead over second place, Donnie Allison. Third goes to A.J. Foyt. Dale Earnhardt runs in fourth. Fifth spot to Richard Petty. In sixth position is car number 47, and that would be the Neil, would be the Check that. It'd be the Jeff Bodine entry. Ty Scott runs in eighth position. Ninth to Grant Edcox. Cuckoo Marlin, tenth. Dave Watson is running in eleventh. A good run for the Wisconsin driver. In twelfth is Richard Childress in the CRC Oldsmobile. Darrell Walter being posted in thirteenth position. Terry Labounty, fourteenth. Fifteenth to DK Ulrich. Bill Dennis is sixteenth. J.D. McDuffie is seventeenth. Blackie Weingren is eighteenth. And nineteenth is Frank Warren in the Dodge Magnum. We're coming up on the completion of 100 laps. Halfway home in the Daytona 500. Here comes. 
comes. The lead car across the stripe. Benny Parsons just completes 100 laps in the Daytona 500. And, and the Jesse. great ride by Jeff Bonine is apparently over, Barney. He's pulled down on the apron through three into four. He's coasting back toward the pit area after leading this event at the halfway point. It looks like he is through. Well, despite the fact that mechanical problems look like they will put put Bodine behind the wall, Jackie Rudy has had mo one of the most impressive runs we've ever seen a young driver come to Daytona and run with the caliber of competition that is here today. He pulls onto pit road, the car for 47, Bodine. It's... Another rookie who uh, just left the race, Ronnie Thomas, the driver of car number 25. Ronnie, have you ever seen anything like this with so many cars coming out of the race? Well, no, you know, I think the uh, speeds are up a little too fast. You know, it's probably why they're having so many wrecks and, you know, mechanical problems. You know, these cars are, are really getting fast, and it's uh, it's real hard on the cars, and, you know, uh, the speeds are getting up so fast. I, I don't know. It's just, you know, when one gets a little sideways, you just can't do much with it. What happened to your car? Well, shucks, you know, we've had a, we wrecked in the qualifying race Thursday and done a lot of sheet metal damage now and I haven't got out on the track till the race started today and uh, it didn't handle at all since I wrecked it and on top of that you know he was trying to get by with it the tat, just running as hard as I could run it be safe and then the engine gave me trouble a minute ago uh, burn a piston. And Ronnie Thomas is one more out of the race. And another driver that is out of the race is standing by with Joe Alloy. Lenny Pond made his mark on the wall in qualifying this week right at the start finish line but no finish line today. Well, Joe, you know, we, we've got it going real good, and the way the race is going, I figured I had a good chance that I could win this thing. And then we had some problem with the front end, and finally the brakes went out on the car. And the way the cars were running, you have to run so close to you, and all the traffic, I just didn't think it would be safe for me or anybody else to be out there running without any brakes at all with this much race to go. So we just called it quit. The problem that you had occurred in turn four, and you ended up finally right at the start-finish line. What is the feeling? Well, you know, when I when I did get crossed up and hit get the wall Thursday, that's where I needed to stay after I did get in it. And uh, every time I would let up on the gas, it would come off the wall, and I, you know, I'd get it back to the wall. But you know, I figured the further I'd get away from the fourth turn, the better off I'd be. So I just try to keep it going, but try to stay on the wall. But it didn't keep him out, and today he was here racing until he had problems. Laps are completed the Daytona 500. Parsons is the leader. Donnie Allison rides second in third position right now. Is the rookie driver Earnhardt? And 19 cars continue to be shown on the lead lap with over 250 miles of this Daytona 500 completed. Back here at Daytona International Speedway, the fifth caution of the afternoon has come out. Let's go to Eli Gold for the report. Well, Johnny Etzman, you might have remembered earlier, he was in the pits for a while. He chugged around the racetrack at half speed for a while, finally got it up to racing power, but the engine expiring as he took it out of turn number four. So that will post Benny Parsons under this caution as your leader running in second as they'll come behind the Pontiac safety car, the pace car resting on pit road at the present time, preparing to pick up Parsons Griffin Marine supply number 27. Donnie Allison shows in second. A.J. Foyt is third. Fourth position is being posted as Dale Earnhardt. In fifth spot is Richard Petty. Sixth position to Ty Scott. Jeff Bodine has left the race. He was running in seventh at the time. That'll move Grant Adcox into seventh. Eighth position to Cuckoo Marlin. Ninth to Dave Watson. Richard Childress is tenth. Darrell Waltrip being shown eleventh. Twelfth to Terry Labonte. Bill Dennis is thirteenth. Fourteenth to D.K. Ulrich. J.D. McDuffie is running fifteenth. Blackie Wangren in sixteenth. Seventeenth to Frank Warren. 18th to Chuck Bound, 19th to Dave Marcus, in 20th position, 
I mean, check that. It would be, yeah, 20th position would be car number 82, and that would be Paul Fest. 21st to Buddy Arrington, Cale Yarbrough being showed 22nd, and in 28th position would be Richard Brooks. That's the way they're running on the racetrack. Barney Hall, there is a national pit crew championship competition, and this is the first installment of that, and they have posted taking the top 10 qualifying teams, and they are seeing, and they have posted some money up for that, well over several thousands of dollars going up for grabs to the crew that post the fastest overall time spent on pit road. Not the time, as we tell you, that is spent from when the wheels stop to the wheels turn, but from the time they cross the line entering pit road to the time they exit. And as we look down at the halfway mark, the current team that is leading in that pit crew competition, if you can believe this, is unofficially Richard Petty with a total time spent on pit road of 141.88 seconds. Running in second in the pit crew competition is Ty Scott and the Harry Hyde team with the Russ Togs Oldsmobile. 155.63 seconds the total time spent on pit road. While running in third in the competition is with 155.71 seconds spent on pit road is your current leader, Benny Parsons. Jackie, that caution flag was a break for Cale Yarbrough in that two-car breakaway draft. He was running just ahead of Benny Parsons. So when the pace car picked up Parsons as the leader, Yarbrough got a free pass around and picked up one of the laps he was down. Being shown three laps in arrear, so that will gain him one lap back, Barney Hall. Well, you never count Cale out. We've seen him as much as three and four laps down in the last couple of years in his bid for the national driving title, and he has come back to win races from three and four laps behind. Pit activity is the order of the day here at the Daytona International Speedway. 107 laps are on the board in the Daytona 500. 200 laps will make up the event this afternoon. Just about all the front runners have been in, and credit Dale Earnhardt's pit crew, this young driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina. He was about the third car to get out on this pit stop. He is back on the track real quick. Pit stops have become so critical here, Barney, despite the fact that we've had five separate and distinct caution flags, there's been some hot and heavy racing activity. As we said before we broke for commercial, it's virtually unheard of that over half the field would be continuing to be run on the same lap this, this far into the race. Stopping AJ by Foyt is also in the pits right now. This is the second pit stop for the Foyt crew as they quickly change the left side tires on AJ's car and put him back onto the, onto the speedway. The signal has been given to the field as they came across the stripe that time by that they will get the green as they come back around the speedway. 109 laps are complete in the Daytona 500. Marty, your pick to win the Goodies Headache Award. We've got a lot of candidates this year. It would be just impossible to pick a candidate today. There's so many cars that have had trouble. Buddy Baker high hopes to win today. He just thought he had a, you know, could win the race with no problem. He's been coming here for 19 years, had it all together. He thought, boom, it just went away. Well, I'm going to show a little parochialism coming from New England and knowing that Buddy Baker has already walked away with the Bush Clash of 79 and $50,000 there. My vote goes to Jeff Bodine because he showed some promise and he's got to have a pretty big head headache now, having known that the car was <coughs> capable of running to the front and it just didn't have the lasting power to be there at the end. I don't think anybody has ever seen as many rookies ride in the top six or seven cars as this has been a completely a unique Daytona 500 of any of the races that have been here since the, its inception back in 1959. Pontiac safety car with a field in tow, just getting ready to come off the banking up in turn number four. We're ready to go back to racing under green. Donnie Allison is the leader. Earnhardt is in second spot. And up in the number three spot, a Chattanooga, Tennessee driver, Grant Adcox. Here they come to the line. Green flag, and we go back to racing at the Daytona International Speedway, the Daytona 500. Earnhardt latches onto the draft of Donnie Allison. He tried to move away from him. Can't do it. As they head down into turn number one, five cars move out. 
Donnie Allison leads Dale Earnhardt. Bobby Allison still laps down as is Cale Yarborough, our third and fourth in the draft. As they head out of turn number two, it is Donnie Allison's Hawaiian Tropic car. One car length ahead of Dale Earnhardt, fifth in the draft, and in third place is Grant Adcock. Slightly battered sheet metal on that Hawaiian Tropic number one Oldsmobile, but it's in the lead, but not by much. Earnhardt tightly tucked in, running second. It's a drop back to Adcock, who is fifth in the current string, but racing third. Earnhardt, of course, went all over the track yesterday in quest of a sportsman title. We see what he does here right now. He tucks himself behind Donnie Allison. He's comfortable to ride second place. Now he breathes the automobile just a minute as they head to the line. Again, they try to open up that draft and pull away from the pack. They can't do it as they cross the stripe. Donnie Allison and Dale Earnhardt. Cale Yarbrough's latched in there trying to make up some of the laps that he is down in the Bush Oldsmobile. They move back to turn one. Well, the effect of that draft extends some 20 car lengths back of the last car. A.J. Foyt is now closing on the lead draft. It is still Donnie Allison, Dale Earnhardt, Grant Adcox. Now Foyt in the fourth position moves up on Adcox. A.J. has got about 50 yards to make up if he wants to hook onto the freight train. Seven cars up here in this initial group with Donnie Allison and Dale Earnhardt showing the way. And, of course, Grant Adcox, who was running a close third on the restart, had trouble getting up to racing speed. He's been drop-kicked back a bit. Right now, A.J. Foyt, he's had the sights set on the rear tail of Cale Yarborough's automobile as that front choo-choo train tightens up to the line. While all that shuffling is going on in that front seven cars, Richard Petty has knocked off about seven cars and leads the second draft as he tries to catch the front runners in the STP Oldsmobile. Battle going on back in the pack for that position, but the leaders move into turn two. A number of lap cars in that front pack. Donnie Allison, Dale Earnhardt lead. Bobby Allison, Cale Yarborough, and Dave Marcus are laps. So the third place car is Foyt. Fourth is Grant Adcox. Petty is well back, but he is in fifth place. Donnie brings them down. And number one with Earnhardt tightly tucked in once again. No change in that order as they move smoothly into three. Petty has uh, two cars locked right on behind him, including Benning Parsons. Interesting to see the line that Dave Marcus was taking through. He seemed to go down low and float back upstairs while the top four or five cars the steady middle groove through the turn. The maroon Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet with the number one emblazoned down the side panels goes across the stripe to complete the 113th circuit of 200 scheduled. He leads this 21st annual Daytona 500 into turn one. And Dale Earnhardt seems to have a bit of a different strategy in this second half of the race. In the first 250 miles, he was challenged for the lead, battling, but he's been content to stay behind Donnie Allison. If he gets out of the draft now, five cars right behind him could overtake him within a lap. Donnie qualifies at 194 plus over the old record. He had frustration early in the race when he was down on the infield in the backstretch, but right now he leads them onto the high banks of turn three. A.J. Foyt at this point, just a car length and a half behind the fourth runner right now, Cale Yarbrough, and the Dave Marcus car staying tight. And still, Donnie Allison and the number two of Dale Earnhardt as they head to the line. Well, that fifth and sixth place car now link up in a two-car draft to try and overhaul the front runners. Benny Parsons and Richard Petty. Petty let Parsons slide by just a moment ago, and they are making up a little ground on Donnie Allison. The rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, continues to show his colors. He has just taken the lead away from Donnie Allison, but Allison comes charging back on him and goes right back into the lead. A.J. Foyt just moves around the rookie driver Dale Earnhardt to take over the number two spot as that eight-car draft riding in the lead head down into turn number one. They scoot up into the banking in front of Mike Joy. Donnie Allison leads them. Kale Yarbrough and Bobby Allison are lapped. Then it's A.J. in the second spot. Benny Parsons has now moved to third ahead of Earnhardt and Petty all in one long draft. 
Benny Parsons is the one trying to make the challenge on the inside. Now he tucks back in, stays in the freight train. About 10 cars moving through us, past us into turn three. At this point, they're taking the single file line. Not until the last time through, they were all bunched up, but they decide to go racing here in the one single file draft. And again, with the advantage, it's Donnie Allison. He heads to the line. To show you how effective the draft is here at Daytona a moment ago, Richard Petty and Benny Parsons were almost four seconds behind that front pack of traffic. They've now joined it to make it a 12-car choo-choo train. As Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile hangs in there in the fifth position, they scoot back into turn number two in front of Mike Joy. And Mike, that draft has been the difference here today as far as the leaders are concerned. It certainly has, Barney, and it's working. Anytime they get single file, they can close right up on the lead cars. Right now, we have 10 cars running in the lead draft. And among that 10 cars, Darrell Waltrip has come a long way back. He's right behind Richard Petty now in car number 88. Of course, the Darrell Waltrip car at San Antonio Maybelline had some indigestion earlier this afternoon. They were not running up to speed. Meanwhile, back at the front of the pack, it's still the Donnie Allison automobile. He takes him out towards the outside wall and heading back towards the trioval. Well, a moment ago, Cale Yarbrough made up one of the laps that he lost in that costly spin-out over in turn number two early in the race. And now he sits in a good position on Donnie Allison, the leader. Should we get a caution flag? A moment ago, he proved he could get around him. And for the moment, Cale is content to just ride there, hoping for a break. Bernie, someone who is real familiar with the drafting situation. In fact, the speeds on the track today, Richard Brooks. Richard, this is not the wildest ride you've had at Daytona, but what is the feeling today? Well, I don't know. I just tell uh, you, it's just uh, about the greatest thing you ever seen in your life to see 400 cars going down the run track all sideways, man. I'll tell you, that's the awful stuff I've ever seen. That's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to race that way, and it's, uh, you know, but something happens every time. It happened over on the backstretch, and then it happened over here coming off of four, and then just to... The A.J. Foyt automobile, sorry to interrupt you, Dick. A.J. comes down off the banking of the number four turn. He slowed it down and tucks into the pitch. He seemed to have some trouble midway between the turns. Trouble on the Foyt car. He'd moved up to the number two position. A.J. pits his Valvoline Oldsmobile. We'll keep an eye on that machine as the Gilmore car comes to rest on pit road. And down the back straightaway, Blackie Wanger in at 39, trailing smoke as he goes three, gets down on the apron but he may have left some oil. We can't speculate, of course, but he is smoking heavily as he goes toward four. Let's... Bloomington, Minnesota native, brings it up along the banking and now back down again and cute. A big plume of smoke from behind Blackie, the veteran. Caution is on the speedway. Caution. We've got trouble with turn three. We've got trouble with Marcus in car number two in a broad slide. He tries to hold it on the line. He dips down. Petty gets underneath. He's okay. Everybody else appears to get by all right. Benny oh. Parsons and Richard Petty both went around him, though Benny Parsons keeps it down on the apron right now as Richard Petty and Darrell Waltrip go three down the front straightaway towards the trioval. Cale Yarborough races back to the start-finish line under the caution and picks up another lap on the leader, Donnie Allison. Caution is on the speedway for the sixth time today. Blackie Wangering of Bloomington, Minnesota dropped an engine in turn number three. A couple of the cars get into the oil and get in trouble. Let's go back to turn three for a report. We can see that Dave Marcus now is down off the apron of the racetrack. It appears that there might have been a little contact made at the rear of the car. But through the glasses, it appears as if possibly the, uh, some crumpled sheet metal. It's very difficult to tell from our vantage point. They're indicating for everybody to stay on the high side of the racetrack. It was a long slide, and Richard Petty had an extremely close call. As he poked the nose down underneath, may have come down on the grass, and perhaps in the view of Eli Gold, who was over in turn four watching it set up. Well, certainly Richard Petty got himself down underneath. He seemed to be okay. Benny Parsons going equally down low, and Benny, along with Richard Petty, came out of turn number four, three abreast at that point, with one of the cars in the race traffic. They seem to be okay. Here comes the leader out of pit road, Donnie Allison, taking advantage of the caution flag. Brings the Hawaiian Tropic car on pit road immediately. Bobby Allison comes also into the pits at this time. Here comes Earnhardt. 
Ty Scott, who's been maintaining a good, consistent pace all day and has remained in the top six or seven. Waltrip brings the Gatorade car on the pit road, as does Parsons and Petty. Parsons almost tagged. That spinning car of Dave Marcus up there made a great maneuver, took it all the way to the bottom of the racetrack, and so did Richard Petty. So nobody gets in any serious trouble over in turn number three as the sixth caution flag of the day is on the field. And the guy that was jumping up and down the most here in the tower as Cale Yarbrough made up one of his laps is the marketing manager for the Anheuser-Busch division, Bush Beer, a division of Anheuser-Busch. Monty Roberts is with us, and Monty, you had several brainchilds this year, the Bush Clash of 79, the run for the pole position all through 78, where you posted $10,000 to the winner of the most polls. But there's a lot of exciting new things for 1979 from the people at Bush Beer as well. Yeah, Jackie, we're all, we're, I'm so excited now I can hardly talk because Kale, if Kale comes out and wins this thing after a 200-mile-an-hour ride through the grass over there, it'll be the greatest thing he's ever done. But we're going to be uh, up our poll awards this year to $1,000 a poll and a $25,000 overall prize at the end of the year of the champion. Probably the most outstanding thing, though, that your head has ever developed has been this Bush Clash of 79. And my question is, when we come back to Daytona Beach, Florida in 1980, will we see another Bush Clash, this one the Bush Clash of 80? Well, I hope so. We don't have any definite plans yet. We have to wait until we see the ratings and we have some meetings in St. Louis and in New York. But uh, we'd certainly like to do it again. I think all the drivers would like to do it again. Uh, most of the drivers that were in it have told me that if we do it again next year, they'd like to bring two cars and run one just for the clash. And now they know that there's not really going to be a yellow flag. Bush Beer has announced a brand new program. There's a brand new Bush Beer on the market. It was a, We had a sneak preview of it here in Daytona Beach, Florida. But starting tomorrow, Bush Beer heads south with Junior Johnson and Cale Yarbrough leading the colors. But it's a brand new brew as well, right, Monty? That's right. This is a new premium bush beer that we developed and introduced in the six New England states last year. And we're now in the midst of rolling the new beer into the entire southeastern United States. And later on in the year, it'll go into Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, and the Midwestern area. It's a, a wonderful beer, and the reception here in Daytona Beach this week has been phenomenal. Why does a brewery decide to go racing, such as Anheuser-Busch has done, not only here on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail, but also in all forms of motorsport? You and Al Holbert are involved with Carl Haas and the Lola team on the Can-Am circuit. I mean, Carl Hogan, excuse me. Uh, why, do you, why have you chosen racing as the medium to get the message across? Well, all you got to do is walk through the infield of the grandstand and see all the people drink a beer. It's, a, it's an action sport. We're an action brand, and... Uh, we believe in uh, taking the beer and showing the fans that we're right in there with them, and we certainly are. For the first time in history, Barney Hall, I'm not going to bother to ask this guy who's going to win the race because we know who he's going to pick. Who would you pick to win? Kale is two laps down. We've just been informed from scoring that that last lap he made up under this particular caution we're in right now, he made up another lap, but he's still two down. So he's, he's picked up two. He was four down. He's picked up two, and we still have an awful long ways to go. Can he do it? You bet. He's the most determined little guy I've ever met. Monty Roberts, the brand manager for Bush Beer, head for the mountains whenever you can because Monty Roberts is headed for Grand National Racing with Cale Yarbrough, Junior Johnson, and the rest of the number 11 team carrying those blue mountains and gold numerals on the side of their car for 1978 here at Daytona and on the entire Winston Cup Grand National Trail. Here at Daytona International Speedway, working the sixth caution of the afternoon, 124 laps have been completed in this 21st annual Daytona 500, 124 laps is 
is being shown on the board. 310 miles have been completed and just 190 miles to go. Donnie Allison leads in his Hawaiian Tropic Oldsmobile. Richard Petty is being shown in second position in the STP Oldsmobile. Dale Earnhardt is third. Ty Scott is fourth. Terry Labonte is fifth. Running in sixth is Richard Childress. Running in seventh would be Dave Watson in eighth would be Daryl Waltrip, ninth to Benny Parsons, tenth would be shown as Bill Dennis, eleventh to D.K. Ulrich, J.D. McDuffie would be twelfth. From Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Daytona International Speedway, I'm Jack Arood along with Barney Hall, Mike Joy, Gary Gerald, Eli Gold, Joe Alloy in the pit area, and Mary Armantrout in the garage bringing you all the exciting action of this 1979 half-million-dollar Daytona 500. And thus far, it's been really a wild and woolly race with six separate caution flags. Some of the leaders or some of the early contenders for the Daytona 500 crown in 1979 have dropped out of the race. And for an update on the attrition rate, let's go to the garage area and Mary Armantrout. Trout. Jackie, right now we have a total of 13 cars out, including Dick Brooks in the car number 04, Ronnie Thomas, the rookie in 25, Jim Vanderveer was the first one out in car number 89, Buddy Baker, of course, who wanted to win this one pretty bad, in car number 28. Another rookie, Joe Milliken, in car number 72, is also out of the race. David Pearson's car number 21 was beat up pretty bad, and he is out of the race. Butch Mock in car number 75 got it when he was in the crash in turn four. Gary Ballou also in car number 87 is out of the race. Skip Manning in car number 17, Neil Bonnet in car number 5, Harry Gant in car number 12, Ricky Rudd in car number 90, and Lenny Pond in car number 54. So we have the rookies and the oldsters, many of them out of this race. And the Pontiac safety car has darted down to pit road and the thundering herd goes into turn number 2 in front of Mike Joy, back to green flag racing. Coming out of 2, Cale Yarborough tried to get a lap back, but Donnie Allison was having none of it, and Allison leads the pack towards 3. Five cars breaking away from the rest as Donnie Allison on top. Ben Kale, Chuck Pound, who's down lap. Richard Petty running second in this event. Dale Earnhardt is third. And behind Dale Earnhardt, you've got the Terry Labonte automobile, followed by the sixth-place car right now of Ty Scott. Back at the top of the pack, Donnie Allison. He's got Kale Yarbrough right on the tail, and they begin again to try and show some daylight. Things continue to settle down just a tad as they come across the stripe, planked right into the rear deck lid of the Hawaiian Tropic Oldsmobile is Cale Yarbrough. He is two laps down. Donnie Allison leads this Daytona 500 into the west end of the speedway. Cale may be two laps down, but he's no more than two feet behind Donnie Allison. Richard Petty is third. He's about 15 car lengths back of the lead duo, and Dale Earnhardt is drafting off Petty. They're going to try and catch the leaders. They'll have to work now. We've got coming down the tortoise at this point. Allison and Yarbrough hooked up. We had somebody down on the edge of the infield. May have made contact with the wall. We'll go back to the tower. Field works in the east end of the speedway in front of Eli Gold with Allison in command. Allison has the command. That second battle of Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt, the youngster and the veteran, and the youngster is not giving an inch to Richard Petty. Paul Fess in car number 82 has dropped down below the line. The left front corner of the hood is up in the air. He has a problem. Well, there's been something for everyone in this Daytona 500 as we have a hood go up on Paul Fess's machine. He brings the car onto pit road wounded and ready for some work from his pit crew. Meanwhile, Donnie Allison is at full song in front of Mike Joy. Out of turn two, Cale Yarbrough holds on to the draft. The gap remains constant. Back to second place, Richard Petty, and third place, Dale Earnhardt. 
Petty and Earnhardt pulling together now as they try to run down the front-running duo of Donnie Allison and Cale Garborough. Through the high banks, they're into turn four. You've also got to be impressed by the fourth place showing now of Ty Scott as he and tried and left Terry Labonte in his wake. But right now, Ty Scott checks the rearview mirror. There's old Maybelline. Darrell Waltrip seems to be back up to speed. 12-car draft in the lead as they come across the start finish line. Donnie Allison and Cale Yarborough again try to open up as much distance as they can on Richard Petty, the second-place car. But Jackie Arucci brought out a good point early in the race. Getting two and three laps down, even on a speedway as big as Daytona, does not mean that much. If you can work the draft and ride on the leader's bumper, something happens and a caution comes out, you can scoot around and make those laps up. He's made up two of the four he was down. We've seen this happen time and time again, especially as it applies to Cale Yarborough, who can forget so early in in Dover, Delaware, just two years ago when the bumper came unhinged early in the race. Junior Johnson literally tore it off from the back end of the car and, of course, coming back to win it, that time carrying the Holly Farms livery on the Junior Johnson car. Cale Yarbrough brought the machine to victory lane. Thus far, he stays filling the rearview mirror of Donnie Allison's machine as they come to the stripe. It's a one-two combination with Allison out front, Cale Yarbrough, just hanging tight, waiting to take advantage, possibly, of another caution flag. Earnhardt puts a move on Richard Petty down in turn one. Battle for second position. Earnhardt went into turn one on the low side. Was forced to come back up into the groove, and they lost a bit of ground. Ten car lengths separate the Allison Yarborough pairing for Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. And while Donnie holds the lead, Brother Bobby is one of those still trying to make up laps. He's back there in this huge group of cars at numbers 10 or 12 down the back straightaway now. Three deep as A.J. Foyt pulls into the large group in three. That second large group of Darrell Waltrip along with Terry Labonte, Buddy Parsons along with A.J. Foyt side by side with Bobby Allison but get back at the front. It's one more time. The blue and gold paint job of Dale Earnhardt right behind Richard Petty. 60 laps to go in the Daytona 500. Here as they swing across the start-finish line with Donnie Allison showing the way in the Hawaiian Tropic car. Remember, Allison spun early in the race. Looks like he was going to go a couple of laps down. He lost a lap or so, got in and out of the pits. He made it up. He goes back into the lead. Cale Yarborough, who has lost four laps, has made up two of those as he hangs on to the draft of Donnie Allison. They move by Mike Joy field out of turn number two. Benny Parsons moving up well. Had a late pit stop, but he's gaining ground. He's up to about seven spot. Six car lengths separate the first two as they break away. Richard Petty, however, is closing it, it appears, as they move toward Eli Gold. And, of course, at this point, you can't forget about Darrell Waltrip. He's been the quiet man all afternoon, but he's beginning to make his move shown right now. He currently shows fifth on the speedway. It almost looks like a carbon copy as it applies to Darrell Waltrip of what he did yesterday in the Sportsman 300, and we'll have a complete report on that race later in the Simon I World Racing Scoreboard. A.J. Foyt comes storming around Terry Labonte's car. Foyt trying to get you, catch up to the leaders down in turn one, but he is losing a little ground here in the Daytona 500. Eight cars continue to just ease around the Daytona International Speedway as they scoot back off into the number one corner. Earnhardt picks up the lead draft, and he is right back up there with the front runners. Donnie Allison winds his way back into turn number one as the Benny Parsons car, the Griffith Marine Oldsmobile, pulls back onto pit road, and the hood goes up again for the third time on that machine. Barney, these lengthy periods of caution, as we've had how many now, seven different distinct caution periods, have necessitated or actually made it possible for us to go the entire race without a green flag pit stop for your front runners. So if we go down to the final 100 miles without benefit of a caution, we'll see the first time the high speed ballet of these crews as six guys come over the wall to service these 3,700 pound stock cars. Something else we need to start looking for on the racetrack. The 
kind of pace they have set here all day. We have not seen that much experimenting with the different cars. Who can pass who? Where's the best place on the racetrack to get around? I think we'll start seeing some of that as they set up for a shootout in the Daytona 500. Donnie Allison, on the last lap, what will be your strategy? Well, that would depend on who it is, Jackie, and uh, how my car is running compared to theirs. Uh, of course, I'd hope I'd have the opportunity to try a little earlier in the race what I might do. And, uh, you know, if everything goes well, I'll definitely find out before the end what i got to do uh, to get her back around here first. So, uh, you know, I don't know whether it would be better to pass on the back stretch or try to do it in the front straightaway before you get to the flag. You know, uh, Daytona's a little harder to do it in front stretch. The starting line is the middle of the racetrack where Talladega, you know, you do have the whole front straightaway. And uh, I just don't know yet. I, I know one thing. It, uh, if it comes down to a last lap duel with me and just uh, Bobby or Darrell or any of those guys, you can bet I'm going to be trying everything I can to win. Well, that Hodgson Thunderbird of his brother right now continues to ride the draft of that Hawaiian Tropic Oldsmobile. So out front is an Oldsmobile as Bobby Allison is latched onto the draft we mentioned a minute ago. He is a couple of laps down, but if we get a caution, there's no doubt that he'll try and swing around immediately and make up another one of those laps. The field is in front of Mike Joy. The battle for second spot. Cale Yarbrough has finally found a way around A.J. Foyt through turns one and two. Yarbrough now rides second. Only one car separating Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough. That's Bobby Allison who's down laps to the leader. Kale making the move right now. He tucks himself in behind Bobby Allison, followed by A.J. Foyt and the Ty Scott automobile. Going by some slower race traffic, it's Donnie Allison still setting the pace outside, retaining while well they head for the home. 34 laps remaining in the Daytona 500. 200 laps will make up the event this afternoon as Donnie Allison leads him across the stripe, and Kale Yarborough is there. The Bush Oldsmobile just pushes the Allison brothers back into turn one. Yarborough must have the strongest car on the racetrack right now. Foyt had held him off for 10 laps. When Yarborough go high, Foyt would be there. Same thing, bottom of the racetrack. But Yarborough is now second, breathing down the back bumper of Bobby Allison's Thunderbird. No change in the order. Nine cars in the draft. Chuck Mound, former Winston West champion from the West Coast. He'll celebrate his 25th birthday on Thursday, the ninth car in that draft. Is Kale trying to close in at all? No, he just keeps himself about a car length or so behind Bobby Allison. He's content on the lower groove. Trying to make a move is Ty Scott. He cuts underneath and beside Richard Petty, but he ducks back inside. Two of the toughest drivers in the business lead this Daytona 500. Donnie Allison out front. Kale Yarbrough finds himself running third on the racetrack, but second overall and sandwiched in between. And who could play possibly the key spoiler role is the national engineering car for Bobby Allison, brother of your leader Donnie, as they go to Mike Joy. Still in challenging position. A.J. Foyt in third spot. Richard Petty fourth. Daryl Walter fifth. Dale Earnhardt and Ty Scott on the tail of the lead draft. No change in the procession. Single file. Nobody making a move on the back straightaway this time. The Allison brothers leading Cale Yarborough with Foyt. Two car lengths back. Fourth on the track. Third in the race. It's almost an eerie feeling. When are they going to experiment as Barney Hall said before. Dale Earnhardt back in the chase as he goes side by side with Daryl Walter trailing the number five position. There are 80 miles to go in this 21st annual Daytona 500, Barney Hall. Well, very shortly, you're going to see Cale Yarborough put a move, I'm sure, on Donnie Allison to see, indeed, if he can scoot around him. Earnhardt has been up there. Of all the drivers, probably, this afternoon who have found out what they can do with their car, Earnhardt would be in the best 
probably position. He has come from eighth and ninth position on several occasions, come up through the field, drafted around everyone, and went into the lead a couple of times. So he should be in the best shape as far as that goes. Donnie Allison has been out there. Allison made up a couple of laps that he lost when he spun early in the race today. So he still leads the pack as they head up into turn number three. Cale Yarbrough, the comeback of the day, the comeback of the year for that matter at Daytona. When you get four laps down here with the kind of competition that's here at Daytona and make the comeback he has, you have done a day's work. Barney Hall in the pit area now. Dave Marcus, who would have liked to have made a comeback today, is not even able to get out on the track right now because, David, appears that something did break in the automobile. Well, the car was running pretty decent, and uh, the caution had come out, and I uh, was heading into three, and I felt a vibration. I tried to knock it out of gear, but something broke internally in the motor, and it locked up, and the car started to spin. Dave, the way the cars are stacked up now, would you like to predict a winner because they're staying closer together than they ever have? Well, it looks to me, uh, standing down here in your radio booth, like uh, Donnie and uh, Bobby are running along real well, and Kale is back in there again, so... It'd probably come out of one of those three cars. Voice of Dave Marcus in the pit area. Well, it's going to come out of one of those seven or eight cars. They're still all there in that eight-car draft across the stripe. Donnie Allison just continues to put laps on the board in the Hawaiian Tropic Oldsmobile. Second-place car, Yarbrough's Bush Olds is there. A.J. Foyt in the Gilmore Valvoline car. Foyt has not been heard from that much today, but he has driven a steady race and has run in the top ten in the last, all, almost all day for that matter, but in the last 100 miles, he has just been consistent running fourth and fifth and doesn't want to race anybody at this point. Just ride in the draft. And the draft, it looks as if Barney Hall will be the determining factor as to who will come into victory lane at the end of this Daytona 500. As we look at some six cars that are capable, actually now it's down to five cars that are capable of riding that draft. Bobby Allison, of course, one lap down as he trails his brother Donnie to the stripe. But it will be one of those tremendous Daytona finishes, I'm sure, as we get down to 171 laps completed, just 72 and a half miles left. And the average speed is 110.30 miles per hour. The lead draft works the banking in the west end of the speedway. There is a second draft going back on back about a second and a half behind Donnie Allison and the rest of the crew in front of Mike Joy. That second group fell back a bit when Dale Earnhardt went underneath Ty Scott. Darrell Walter followed him up through, and that will move Earnhardt up a bit. He is the only driver in that draft that's made his final pit stop. And Richard Petty trying to catch up here and catch it. Donnie Allison drops way down low. Allison drops low, and Cale Yarborough moves toward Eli Gold to take the lead. Donnie Allison goes down. Bobby Allison and Cale Yarborough go by. So does A.J. Foyt. Likewise, Richard Petty, and they head to the pitch. The Allison brothers have elected to pit, Jackie Root. And this could be a very good, calculated move on the Allison brothers. Bobby Allison, as we said, very very possibly playing the spoiler role. Both cars electing to come in on the pit road for what should be their final pit stop. The crews go to work. Haas Ellington and the team on the Hawaiian Tropic Oldsmobile come over the wall and they go to work. Right side rubber on both cars. The National Engineering Team for the Bud Moore people. The Ford Thunderbird is being serviced and these two cars you can plan on it are going to hitch up on a draft when they go back out to race. Well, they have been running a good combination all afternoon. They've run together enough laps to know that they can lead the field. Nobody's been able to get around them, so they elect to pit together the Allison brothers of Hueytown, Alabama, and they head back onto the speedway down to the west end of the track. Now, now here Richard, comes the front runners, and Petty is dropping off the track in front of Eli Gold. Indeed, Richard Petty cut it right down for turn number four. He heads to pit road. Petty will be the third car to pit. Petty's crew waiting to service the STP Oldsmobile. Don't count Richard Petty out. He's won the Daytona 5... 
500 five times. He would like to make it six here this afternoon. He has won a total of seven major victories here at Daytona. And it's been so long. He's tried to beat out 185 career victories. He's the winningest driver in competition. Actually, the winningest driver ever in NASCAR Winston Cup competition. But he's gone so long since July 4th in 1977. Without tasting victory, they've c completed the service on the STP Oldsmobile. Dale Inman and Maurice Petty put brother and cousin Richard Petty back out onto the race. About a 14-second pit stop and a quick one on Richard Petty as they get him back on the speedway in a hurry. Still in the lead now is Cale Yarbrough. Foyt is the second-place car. Waltrip scoots up to third position. Ty Scott is fourth. Richard Petty had been showing in fifth, but Petty has pitted since that time. Bill Dennis brings car number 19 onto pit road. As the front runners stay on the track, we're watching Cale Yarbrough's car to see if he's going to drop off the banking this time, and he does. Here comes Cale Yarbrough. He will pit the Bush Oldsmobile. Let's go to Joe Alloy. Apparently, Joe is checking on the situation with Dale Earnhardt's car to see if they will try and go the distance as they go to work on Cale Yarbrough's machine. Your fourth-place machine, Ty Scott, who is leading in the national pit crew competition, has overshot his pits. This will be costly in that cash award bonus as well as costly for him as he runs fourth overall. The service is completed on the Bush Beer Prepared Oldsmobile. Cale Yarbrough is away. Yarbrough goes through the gears and comes down to the west end of the pit road area. The pit stop on Cale, 13 and 8 tenths seconds. Quick stop for the Yarbrough crew, but they are one of the best in the business. But of late, the last year in Winston Cup Grand National Competition, pit stops, if you're over 15 seconds, you're not even in the ballgame anymore. And now A.J. Foyt off turn number four. He goes into the pit road area, yet another of the leaders in for servicing. Foyt, who had taken over the lead as everybody else was pitting, now pits the car number 51, the Valvoline Gilmore car. And Foyt gives up the lead to Darrell Waltrip's machine, the Gatorade. So Maybelline inherits the lead. Buddy Parrott, however, is preparing for their last pit stop on pit road in car number 88. That Die Guard Gatorade Oldsmobile is the last car of the lead teams that have yet to show on pit road. And that's expected because he always has been getting phenomenal gas mileage. We saw it happen in Riverside, California, and it gave him a victory. And today he's running it out just as far as he can, which will reduce the amount of time that he'll have to spend on pit road. 14.8 seconds on A.J. Foyt's pit stop as Foyt goes back onto the speedway. They Waltrip. shuffle those positions here at Daytona. Here comes Darrell Waltrip to the pits. So Waltrip, who inherits the lead, now comes onto pit road to make his stop. This and checking with the pit crew of Darrell Earnhardt, we understand that he will not, he will not make another pit stop. They're going to chance it. It was a scheduled pit stop early, so they're going to try and make the rest of the race on that tank of gasoline. Well, that could be a good gamble for Dale Earnhardt. It could be a bad one, but we'll have to wait and see. The service continues on the Gatorade number 88. The Die Guard crew has completed their task, and Daryl Walter returns to the race in 8 and 8 tenths seconds. Quite a battle out of turn number four as Donnie Allison, Bobby Allison, and Cale Yarbrough go right down three in a row. Oh, they, just, they just link back up in the draft jacket route and try to make up as much ground on the field as they can. At the Daytona International Speedway, 178 laps have been posted on the scoreboard here as we get down to the conclusion of the Daytona 500. Now, two cars jump out into the lead. Donnie Allison is in front. Cale Yarborough picks up the draft, and they try to pull away from the field, and they have broken the draft on Bobby Allison to try and make it a two-car shootout instead of a five-car shootout as they've been running. Here they come across the line, and they stick them together, and you're going to see some tight drafting in this final 50 or 60 miles of the Daytona 500. They scoot back into 
turn one. No more than a foot apart, the Oldsmobiles of Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough. Cale runs up a bit into that fourth high groove and drops to about half a car length back, still tucked tightly in the draft. Long way back to A.J. Foyt, but Richard Petty is linking up with Foyt in a draft to catch them. A remarkable comeback for the two front runners. They were both involved in that early tangle off turn number two. Donnie Allison drafting with Cale Yarbrough just about three feet behind, setting up for turn four. And of course, they're going to take those identical middle grooves now floating a bit higher towards the wall. They come out of turn number four with Donnie Allison holding about a half car lane blade, possibly the. They stretch their lead over the rest of the field. The two Oldsmobiles, as they come down, 180 laps are complete, 450 miles are down in the Daytona 500. Back in turn one, and they continue to stretch that lead, Mike Joy. Donnie Allison looks to be handling a little better going into the turn, Barney. He can open that advantage from one foot up to about a car length. Yarborough has to run a little bit higher groove. It'll be interesting to see if Kale can pass Donnie on the inside if it comes down to a last lap shootout. Right at this particular point, as they come down the back straightaway, looking to turn three will be the spot where we anticipate any move may have to be made if it comes to a last lap situation. And of course, further back, A.J. Foyt and Richard Petty, they continue to try and hook up together. They're running together, but a good bit of real estate separating themselves from the leaders. Less than 50 miles to go in the Daytona 500 as the two front cars scream across the start-finish line. About four seconds back, here comes Darrell Waltrip, and Waltrip has nobody to draft on, and he continues to lose ground. And there could be a problem on Waltrip's car, right, Joe Alloy? Apparently, Joe Alloy is checking on it. We heard a moment ago that they the might problem not on Darryl, Yes, the problem on Darrell Waltrip's car, we were trying to check on that. When he came in, they put the first tank of gasoline up. As they went to put the second tank up, Darrell pulled off, so evidently he did not get a full tank of gasoline. That could be a big factor in the closing laps of this race. It could indeed be a big factor for Waltrip. He's in third position right now, but he is losing ground to the front twosome of Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough. Bobby Allison right now he is coasting through turn number four and pulls it down low to the apron area. Bobby Allison seeming to lose power as he goes through turn three and four. Here's Bobby Allison bringing the Hodgden car, the Thunderbird of Bud Moore, onto pit road, and a tough break for him if he has some mechanical problems. It looks to be maybe a cut tire on the car, the way it's handling as he brings it into the pits. Allison pits the car number 15. Meanwhile, on the speedway, Cale Yarborough and Donnie Allison continue to just stretch the distance on the field, and it looks like one car slowing down in the backstretch to be car number 27 of Benny Parsons. He's heading up into turn number three. Benny Parsons goes by. He's been limping for quite some time, Barney, and Ty Scott was just passed by the front runners as they approach Eli Gold. Right, the front runners moving by Ty Scott, and you really can't say enough about the youngster out of Penargill, Pennsylvania. We've been talking about him all afternoon. Quite a creditable showing for him here today. But the difference has been Bobby and Donnie Allison elected to pit a moment ago together and try and get back out in the draft. That didn't work. Cale Yarbrough now nudges in on that draft, and they link up to run away from the field. They'll try and settle it among themselves in the final laps of the Daytona 500. Barney, evidently, Bobby Allison did have a cut left front tire. The car was handling very poorly as it came in. Bobby used the pit stop to put on all four tires and a full tank of gas. That could be to his advantage. We'll have to see. Mike Joy, it looks like the third, fourth, and fifth place car have linked up in a draft right in front of you. They have indeed. A.J. Foyt leads Darrell Waltrip and Richard Petty in a tight draft. Looks like Petty's going to look on the low side as they go up to three. 
In three, Petty ducks back in. Now he slips up on the high side of the groove, but it's Foyt, Waltrip, and Petty, third, fourth, and fifth. No change in position for those three as they move to turn number four. A.J. Foyt with Darrell Waltrip and Richard Petty, and Petty predictably taking a bit of a higher line, though not noticeably so. A.J. Foyt in front as this is the battle for the third position. Foyt leads Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade car, which runs fourth, and Richard Petty with a very good posting as at least they're down to arguing points, finishing 500 miles. He's coming close to it. Runs in the fifth spot. But all of a sudden, Petty's backed out of the throttle just a wee bit and has lost the draft by about two car lengths. He builds up the mainspring on the car and gathers it back in as he goes in front of Mike Joy. He's caught them again out of two, Jackie. Something happened to Petty coming in at turn one, and he dropped back a bit, but he's right with them now. Petty tucks it in on the inside of Waltrip. Now he has to duck back into the single-file procession. No change under the high banks. It's still Foyt leading that three-car battle for third. Again, entering the turns, though, interesting how Foyt and Waltrip put a bit of daylight between themselves and Richard Petty, but accelerating off the turn, Richard Petty right back on the tail of Waltrip. Petty looks to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. They are hub-to-hub -hub in the battle for the fourth position as they exit the trioval area. Petty now tries to appropriate third away from A.J. Foyt as they go into one. Petty on the low side of the racetrack is past Waltrip. He's into fourth position. He's still three car lengths back of Foyt. But Foyt's car has been pushing toward the top of the racetrack. If Petty can run the bottom, he could get by A.J. Almost a full straightaway, a full backstretch now, separating second and third. Here comes Richard Petty now. Petty with the STP Oldsmobile number 43 going door handle to door handle with A.J. Foyt in turn number three. They are side by side through the turn, up the banks they go, and still no way you can tell them apart. Richard Petty on the low side, Foyt on the high side. That's certainly a change here this afternoon. And again, it can throw a blanket across them as they head to the line. Strong battle for the third position. Richard Petty begins to flex the muscles of the STP Oldsmobile, and he couldn't have picked a tougher competitor to do it on A.J. Foyt. They still ride door to door, and that group is 15 points. Point four seconds behind the front two. They're back in one. AJ has the straightaway speed, but it is Petty through the turns. At turn two, Petty underneath Foyt. Richard Petty rides third. Foyt is fourth. Waltrip is fifth. They're still in a tight draft. And a tremendous battle for the lead, having just gone by us. It's still Cale Yarborough tucked in behind Donnie Allison. Now in the race for third, here comes Foyt. In traffic, three deep down the backstretch. Foyt back into third place. A.J. Foyt, appropriate spot number three, going on the low side of Richard Petty. Petty running behind him, followed by Darrell Waltrip. They go by the slower machine of Benny Parsons. Out of turn number four, still A.J. Foyt in the battle for third. Behind that battle for third position, running in sixth is Chuck Bound. Dale Earnhardt is running seventh, eighth to Ty Scott. Terry Labonte, a rookie, is running in ninth, 10th to Cuckoo Marlin. Bobby Allison was running in 11th. Frank Warren will now move into 11th. And Benny Parsons will be shown in the 12th position. And now Terry Labonte, that good-looking rookie who came off turn number four and pulls it down on the apron. He slows as he heads to pit road. 13 laps to go in the Daytona 500 as Labonte pulls his car onto the pit road this afternoon. Here comes the front two cars. We're going to put the clock on them this time around and see what speed they're turning around the speedway as we get down to the conclusion of the Daytona 500. Meanwhile, Richard Petty has tested out A.J. Foyt. He moved around a moment ago. Foyt comes right back to take over the third spot. As Walter picks up the draft, and a moment ago it sounded like he might have had a sick engine on the car, and we've had a report that he might not have got a full tank of fuel last time by. But it Riverside, California, the last couple of races out there, he has proved that that car seems to get better mileage than anybody. 
as we come down to the 189th lap. Donnie Allison may be thinking about 1974 when he was leading this Daytona 500 in the Die Guard team entry when he blew a tire and had to miss his pit road area and it cost him any hopes of a victory. Allison screams out of turn number four and comes to the stripe. Looking in his rear view mirror, all he can see is the tinted glass of the Bush Beer Oldsmobile with Cale Yarbrough gritting his teeth and waiting to gun him down as they go into turn number one. And Kale has stayed no more than one car length back of Donnie Allison. Kale's strength seems to be in the straightaway. Going into the turn, Allison is able to open up one, maybe even two car lengths. But coming off turn number two, Kale comes back up right onto the bumper of the red and white Hawaiian Tropic machine. And every time they've come down the backstretch, by the time they've reached our vantage point, 40 feet in the air in turn three, Kale is tucked right up there, no more than a couple of feet back. And of course, the old question is, as strange as it might sound, indeed, on Daytona's track, in a two-car battle, and powerful automobiles they are, do you indeed want to be in first place coming off to a possible slingshot situation? 46.4 seconds last time around for this dynamic duo as they swing back into the west end of the speedway. That translates to just over 194 miles an hour. Cale Yarbrough right now and Donnie Allison getting around the speedway it's still over 194 miles an hour they move back to Mike Joy Terry Labonte low on the racetrack and he will be coasting around to his pit as the two leaders work race traffic Allison and Yarborough still glued nose to tail the traffic seems to be no problem whatsoever Donnie brings them through Kale is right there lapping a couple of slower cars moving toward turn four and of course race traffic no factor right now as only Buddy Arrington's automobile ahead of them and Buddy is right now crossing the start finish line while Allison and Yarbrough working for turn number four. Well, not only are the fans going to have to decide what they want to watch on this last lap, they're sure watching the battle between Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough as they'll shoot it out for the finish if they hang together because they have a commanding lead right now of over 15 seconds, but the battle is just as strong for that third spot among Richard Petty, A.J. Point, and Darrell Waltrip. Where will they make their move? Here they come, down by gate seven, move back to the start-finish line at the Daytona International Speedway as we get down to the conclusion of the 21st annual Daytona 500. Foyt leads them across the line this time, takes that four-car draft back into turn one. Foyt has two car lakes on Richard Petty. Darrell Waltrip is glued right onto Petty's bumper. Chuck Bound is trying to hold on to that draft that includes the third, fourth, and fifth place cars. Cale Yarbrough tried to take a peek to the inside as he went in front of Eli Gold, Indeed. rounding out of turn four. Exactly, Jackie. Cale was looking around, just barting and dotting back and forth, maybe breathing the car a bit, but still trying to experiment, as Barney Hall was saying before. Seven laps remaining on this racetrack. When is he going to try and test out things? Barney, I think that we what we'll have to look and speculate on to is whether you want to lead the last lap or be in second. In the past races here for the last couple of years, it seems that the guy that is in front is the fellow that comes home victorious on that last lap. It's not like before, and the Stant Radiator people have posted a cash award for it. They call it the Pressure Award. They will post cash awards to the driver who leads the white flag lap here because they say in the past it wasn't necessarily the guy that wins the Daytona 500. Well, let's check with our turn reporters right now and find out how they feel this finish may come down. Mike Joy, you've watched them draft on and off around the track all afternoon. As far as Kale and Donnie are concerned, if it comes down indeed to those two, who will do it? Barney, I'd have to give Kale the edge. Remember, he came from three laps behind and on each occasion he went underneath Donnie Allison to race back to the flag and take back a lap. If he can do it again, he can win this Daytona 500. Gary Gerald, who do you pick? I don't think there's any question in my mind, just as Mike just pointed out, 
when he took the, got back on the leader's lap, he made his move right at our vantage point going into three, and it was Donnie Allison he had to get by, and he did it, it seemed almost effortlessly. Well, it's Cale Yarborough right now, two to nothing. Let's go to Eli Gold and see how who he picks. Well, as far as the turn announcers are concerned, they'll have to make it unanimous. Cale Yarborough right now is so close as the he and Donnie Allison come motoring right in front of my position here. I've got to expect, though, that Cale is going to make the move back in front of Gary in turn number three and forsake a slingshot try here in turn number four. We'll see the move made a bit earlier than our location here. Well, it has become a team effort among these two to draft. They use it in the 125-mile qualifying races. They made their pit stops, came back out, linked it up, and there are five laps to go for the Daytona 500. And the sentimentalist that I am, Barney Hall, I'm going to pick Donnie Allison. I've seen a lot of races here the last couple of weeks and the last couple of years, and it always seems to be the guy that runs in second position that comes up on the short end of the stick. Lately, it's been the leader on the last lap that comes home victorious. Well, while all that discussion is going on about first and second, there is a whale of a battle going on for third position. Richard Petty just put a move on A.J. Foyt. Waltrip tried to draft him around. Foyt shut the door on Waltrip, but Petty slides into third spot. They're heading down to back shoot and into turn three. The FTP colors, that familiar gay glow, orange, red, whatever you want to call it, and the blue, the Oldsmobile of Richard Petty, just in front of A.J. Foyt. Darrell Waltrip in his Gatorade 88, right there also. They take that middle groove through turns three and four, and coming around the high eight Pecks of the turn, Richard Petty with the car length advantage over A.J. Foyt. Half a car length back to Darrell Waltrip. Third, fourth, and fifth position, ride nose to tail. Petty the third car. Foyt is in fourth, Waltrip is in fifth. Right now on the speedway, it is still Donnie Allison and Cale Yarborough. They haven't even cracked the throttle. They've run just about a foot apart to put just as much separation on that third, fourth, and fifth place car as they can. Here they come out of turn four, Jackie And the Root. preparations have been made, and there is a camera start standing by at the start-finish line that will click off this finish at over a 1,000 frames a second, as many people are anticipating one of the closest Daytona 500 finishes ever, Barney Hall. Traffic may play a problem. There are four cars directly ahead of the front twosome. Now, remember, that has happened on occasion here at Daytona International Speedway. David Pearson squeezed Cale Yarborough in behind one of the lap cars here in a Firecracker 400 not too long ago and won that race. It could happen again today. In 1978, is in the Daytona Firecracker 400, David Pearson saw a Baxter Price in car number 45 going down the backstretch, and he used Baxter Price as a wedge to deny Cale Yarborough a victory in that Independence Day Classic. You can be sure that Donnie Allison is just as tough a thinker when it comes down to last lap strategy as the Silver Fox Pearson was in the Firecracker race one year ago. Donnie Allison used that strategy a couple of years ago to block Darrell Waltrip's effort to win a Sportsman 300 here at Daytona. So it is indeed going to be interesting this last two or three laps. Front twosome, work traffic down in turn one as they head to Mike Joy. Tough break for Terry Labonte, the young rookie driver, has pulled his car to the infield at turn two. Donnie Allison, Cale Yarbrough, one car leg separate them. What a waiting game. Cale Yarbrough has been playing here, sitting right on Bobby Allison's bumper these last 20 laps. Well, you said it a bit earlier, we've seen a bit of everything today. Now flashing down through some traffic, passing Blackie Rangeran on the inside. Donnie Allison holds the advantage, a half car length over Cale Yarborough. As far as traffic is concerned, Buddy Arrington, the next car to contend with, as the leaders, Donnie Allison and Cale Yarborough, move up behind Buddy Arrington, exiting turn number four. 
Here they come down to the stripe. They will move around. Buddy Arrington's car number 67. Still out front. Two laps to go in the Daytona 500 as they work the banking down in turn number one. Donnie Allison is still out front. Cale Yarbrough tucked in on his bumper. The battle for the third position. It's Richard Petty riding third. Waltrip is fourth. And in the fifth spot is A.J. Foyt. The leaders are in two. Donnie Allison has been able to run a little bit lower, say half a groove than Cale Yarbrough. If it comes down to the last lap, Allison could get down on the bottom and hold off Cale. And the next car in front of Donnie Allison is brother Bobby Allison. Could it be a factor as they come toward Ford? This will be a last lap finish, and Joe Alloy is making his way to the to the victory lane area, and we'll be able to talk to these competitors at the end of this Daytona 500. Well, here they come. Out of turn number four, the white flag is in Chip Warren's hand as he gets ready to display it to Donnie Allison. Cale just tucked in there. When will Yarbrough make his move? They flash across the stripe and white flag for Donnie Allison. They're back in turn one. Last lap, Donnie Allison is 20 car lengths back of brother Bobby. Donnie leads Cale Yarbrough by two car lengths. They're one groove from the top of the racetrack, and Cale's Bush Oldsmobile stays aligned right on the back bumper of Donnie Allison. They're out of turn two. They're down the back stretch. Here goes Cale on the inside. Cale makes the move. He's down very close to the grass. Donnie tries to shut him off. Cale's in the grass. Cale loses it. He tries to pull it back. Donnie side by side. They make contact. Both head toward the wall. They hit the wall in turn number three. We'll have a new leader. We've got them diving down into the infield now as we look for the leaders coming up the back straight away. They are in turn two in front of Mike Joy. Here comes Richard Petty. He leads Darrell Walter by five car lengths. Five more lengths back to A.J. Foyt. Race traffic. Waltrip closes, but Petty is up there. Caution is on the racetrack, and it will be a battle back to the start-finish line. Heavy traffic in three. Walter running right behind Petty. A.J. Foyt is right there. They move to the high side. They want to pass Ty Scott. Richard brings him to the four. Richard Petty takes the outside. He's got Darrell Walter close behind. Two car lengths back to A.J. Foyt. Richard Petty takes it into the trioval. He's got the advantage right now. Here they come to the stripe. Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile. Waltrip dives to the inside. Petty almost put him off in the grass. And Richard Petty will win the Daytona 500. The Petty crew jumping up and down on pit road, congratulating each other. This Daytona 500 has had it all. Donnie Allison, Cale Yarborough crash in turn three on that final lap. The 1979 Daytona 500 is history. And ladies and gentlemen, the winner is Richard Petty. Well, Barney Hall, Richard Petty, and the STP Oldsmobile is coming down. Remember the reports here in the wire services late last evening? They were saying that doctors had recommended that Richard Petty forego the Daytona 500 and look to Richmond, Virginia to return to the racing action after that ulcer operation. But he has brought the car down onto pit road, and it is being just by the STP racing team. A great two weeks for the Petty clan. Jackie, y over in turn three, we interrupt for a moment. Cale and Donnie, both out of the cars. Bobby Allison has brought his car down there. A furious discussion taking place just down below the banks of turn number three. And now it appears we may have a fist fight. We see drivers and helmets, safety officials trying to jump in there and separate them as tempers have really flared after this amazing incident on the final lap coming into turn number three. They, come, they battle on the ground at this time and we can't see as others come running in to surround and try to separate those drivers. Meanwhile, it's a very jubilant crew that is heading to Victory Lane. We'll be talking to them shortly, but first, from Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back here at Daytona International Speedway, Barney Hall, this 1979 Daytona 500 has definitely had something for everyone. Well, we thought the uh, finish in the, the time that Richard Petty and David Pearson went into the wall and Pearson limped across the line was 
just the ultimate in a finish. Today is a heart thumper. It just stopped everybody. It's left everybody limp, kind of like that same finish. Who would have thought when we played that repeat of the 1976 finish between Petty and Pearson that we would see it surface once again, this time the names Allison and Yarbrough. Standing by in victory lane is the MRN broadcasting correspondent, Joe Alloy. Joe? There's no way at all that we can possibly get to Richard Petty. It's just mass confusion. The family is fighting to get to him. And, of course, he's talking to all of them, and he's getting congratulations. We do have with us his chief crewman, Dale Inman. Dale, what was the situation? Did you ever feel that you were going, this was going to happen? Well, we, you know, we're awful lucky to win the race. Ain't no question about that. But we've been awful lucky for, unlucky for a year, so we'll just have to, got to take it as it comes. We missed a draft on that last pit stop. It really hurt us. Just before we pitted, a car come in, and, and it hurt us on our pit stop. And if they hadn't erect, of course, we'd, you know, we'd run third. But... But uh, you just take them as you get them. We've been unlucky, and, and we was lucky today, so we won the race, so what can you say? Dale, what was the situation? How did you find out that Donnie and Kale had wrecked? Well, we have radios. You know, there's radios in the pits, the, the broadcasters and stuff like that, and it so happened that we was in the middle of two or three wrecks today. And uh, and when Rich got the white flag, and, and just as he went out of sight of me, they said there was a wreck, and I told him he had to run through it, you know, and I don't know where it was on the racetrack or what. Were you able to talk to Richard on his two-way? Only thing I told him to do was go. We have Richard Petty with us now in the winner's circuit. Get, get Richard, the doctor... Get same picture together. The doctor advised against you even racing the day. The doctor told you not to race. And yet this week, your son has won his first major race. And today, you've come from a long, dry streak of over a year. What's the feeling? Well, I tell you, it's, it's just unreal. You know what I mean? If for anybody to, to win a race like just like what we won... You know, we really wasn't that competitive all day. We stayed right in the thick of it, but we couldn't lead. And uh, then we got the brakes right there at last and, and won the race. And, you know, then Kyle won the race last week, first time he'd ever sat down the race car and won the race. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's unreal. It's been unreal all week. And, uh, you know, we really ain't been good running that good. We've been worried about it. But, uh, you know, I think everybody knew that if we worked hard enough, long enough, we'd get the right brakes and we'd win, and that's what happened. When did you realize there was a chance to win, that there was trouble in front of you? Well, see what happened when we come off the number two corner, uh, Daryl and myself and Fort was face racing at that time for third place. And uh, I looked uh, looked ahead and I seen the caution. I, I hollered in the, deal for, in the radio for Dale to find out where the caution was because if it was like coming off before, I didn't want to drive in blind. And he said, come on, come on. And uh, when I got, just as I started in the third corner, I could see that it was number one and number two car, you know, uh, Kale and uh, and Allison. And, uh, you know, then my heart went right through my top of my head then because I said, well, I'm going to run for the flag, and, and here comes uh, 88, you know, and uh, 88 wasn't running a whole lot better than I was, and he just was lucky to run second. The only person that could be any prouder today would be your father, the man that started all this. What about the situation? You've had two winners this week. It's just really exciting. I, I, I'm real pleased with the accomplishment that they've done. And in other words, the good man upstairs was with us just a little bit. The voice of Lee Petty. We'll turn it back to Radio Control. Well, Jackie, I may have to give up broadcasting stock car racing because I can't stand this kind of excitement. Every year we come to Daytona and it ends up like this. You say this is the greatest Daytona that has ever been run, and it just seems to get better and better every time we come. I think we sat here in 1976 after the Petty Pearson incident coming out of turn number four and said never again will we see a finish as dramatic or as exciting. Of course, last year in the victory there, we said never again will we see such an exciting and great win, such a heart-rendering win, such as when Bobby Allison ended his winless skiing and Bud Moore went to victory lane. We've seen a combination of 76 and 78 in 1979, 
everybody, I don't care who it is, was rooting for Richard Petty if their favorite fan dropped out of the race. And Richard Petty comes home in what has got to go down in history as the most exciting and excruciating finish we have ever witnessed on any racetrack anywhere in this country. I think it's going to be that way through 1979. If today's running of the Daytona 500 is any indication of the Winston Cup competition in 1979, 18, 20, and 30 cars a couple of hundred miles into the race. We're still in the lead draft, just riding inches apart. Petty averaged 143.977 miles an hour in his victory here this afternoon. There were seven caution flags during the day. And they've gone on the road course at Riverside, California. They've made their debut on a super speedway here in Daytona Beach, Florida. And now we go short track Saturday night in Richmond, Virginia on February 25th for the running of the Richmond 400 at the Half Mile Fairgrounds Raceway. Then, of course, on March 4th, the Carolina 500 North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia. Brand new pavement there as well on that 1.522 mile facility for the running of the Atlanta 500 on March 18th. Then it's half mile racing again at Enix Staley's racetrack on March 25th. That's the Northwestern Bank 400. The Southeastern 500 in Bristol, Tennessee on April 1st. The CRC Chemicals Rebel 500 in Darlington, South Carolina on April 8th. April 22nd, the Virginia 500 from Martinsville, Virginia. The Music City USA 420 from Nashville, Tennessee on May 12th, and that'll be a Saturday evening. May 20th is the Mason-Dixon 500 from Dover, Delaware, the World 600 from Charlotte on May 27th, and then a brand new race, and it'll be interesting to see how these guys get the number done at Texas World Speedway for the Texas 400 in College Station, Texas, on Sunday, June 3rd. Well, that just about wraps it up here from Daytona. Again, Richard Petty, the winner. Waltrip finishing second. A.J. Foyt was third. Donnie Allison, fourth. Cale Yarborough finished fifth. Ty Scott was sixth. Chuck Bound was seventh. And Dale Earnhardt finished eighth. We'd like to say a special thanks to our turn reporters today. Mike Joy in turn one. Gary Gerald up in turn three. Eli Gold in turn four. To Joe Alloy in the pits. And Mary Armantrout in the garage area. And for Jackie Root, this is Barney Hall saying so long from the Daytona International Speedway. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.